Well, not to paraphrase or to pirate from myself like five minutes ago, but heavy farts. Hello, and welcome to episode 179 of Flux in the Six. The day-date equivalent of a podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me forever and always. The man, the myth, Dusty Lee? Alessandro Boelsi. Say hello, Al. He's Jersey. He's skis in jeans. <laughs> oh, man. On this week's episode, it's Christmas. Boba debuts and other news and nuggets, all before diving into a very splush... A, bl- a very... What? <laughs> a very... A very splushal? Flick of the week. One that I've been waiting for. For many years. Just friends. But first, Al, what are we drinking? Are you sure you weren't the one who had two cocktails, a glass of wine, and an Irish coffee before we recorded? I just, you know, sometimes you just gotta get ready, you know? Well, you were really, really ready. You were ready for easily an hour before we got started, so... I've been, I've been ready since 8.30. It's 110% my fault, so. <laughs> It's 10.17. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, we had a dinner sure. sc- scheduled for tonight, and I was told 7 o'clock sharp which we arrived for on time, which a rarity for my family. I was like, okay, we're going to want to enjoy the dinner. It'll be like an hour and a half, two hours. And the restaurant's five minutes from my house. Sure. Nearly three hours. Hang on. Is this Gorgonzola Fry Place? Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck you. That's <laughs> wait, it. More? Nope, wait, more? We're done. That's it for this week's episode of Flicks and Aren't Six. you glad you waited for two hours to get started for that? That's Don't worry. That's part of what we're consuming, or rather, this week it'll be what I literally consumed within the past couple of hours. So we'll, we'll hear more about that later, because it was oh, quite the spread. We, uh, As I, I phrased it to you, I believe it was a knockdown, drag-out, full-blown Italian meal. Yeah. So it was multiple courses. It was, it was obscene. Mambo Italiano. <laughs> exactly. So what we're drinking, we don't have time for tangents, we don't have time for fun and games, literally or metaphorically. We're doing the episode live. Well, <laughs> we're doing it live for us. Well, I meant it in the O'Reilly sense. Sure. Uh, anyway, it's Alternate Ending Beer Company's Mando with No Name. It's a Belgian IPA. Uh, as Anthony expressed last week, Maybe that was off air, but I'm going to bring it on air. Anthony has become disillusioned, disenchanted with Alternate Ending Beer Company. We, if I feel like he raved about it earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Me and him went there. We had a good time there. It was, it was a fun mm-hmm. experience. It was nice. Yep. Yep. Um, but it seems like you've soured on them slightly and not because of sour beers. It's just, well, we'll see how this one is. I'm sure you've had this one before. I don't this remember if I this had that yeah, when we were this there. This one's okay. Um, uh, it's, they're just... They're just they're just fine. Okay. And that's the highest praise I can give them. And Listen, that, f- fine is fine. For a place that's really close is unfortunate. I would prefer them to be good. Well, you do seem to like the whole revoir of the place, but not the Well, well hang on. I like the concept. I think yeah. that they failed at it. Is that, is that not what I said? No. no, no. You said <laughs> I seem to like it. I like the concept. I don't think that they did the concept well. Okay. Because that place, first off, the acoustics are terrible. Mm-hmm. That's that's one. Second, you took an old movie theater, mm-hmm. right? You made your 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 brewery called Alternate Ending, right? Mm-hmm. And the the most mo- they have one they have a screen in one area that they play movies on. Cool, right? Good start, right? Yep. They have a couple of seats that are like reclaimed movie theater seats. 
Okay. Made it to like booths. Got it. And that's pretty much where they stopped trying. Well, there's like themed names of beers. Weak though, like weak sauce. Like this one's good. This is the best one. Yeah. I the feel rest like of them was... are like these hodgepodge names that like, I don't get the mashup. I feel like I remember, wasn't the Wookiee one a decent name? Walking Carpets. Oh, Walking Carpets. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. They're all, they're all weird. They're all, they're sh- I just, I feel like they're trying to go for something and they're not quite getting there. Mm. Okay. Fair enough. Well, we'll see anyway. how this beer is. Be- <laughs> This is Sorry, a, left a sour taste in my mouth, not the beer. Yeah. <laughs> the conversation about the place that I want to be better. The thing is, this is partly my idea, right? Like this type of brewery, yes. like and how, and I've got so many ways that it could work. And I was like, oh man, this is great. I don't have to do the work. I can just go to it and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But they just, I feel, I personally feel that they've completely missed the mark. It's unfortunate. Yeah. It's also their food IPA. is way too expensive. <laughs> well, that's not uncommon for breweries though. Does that make it excusable? No, just a... Pretty sure, like, a topping on a pizza is $5. I don't remember. The pizzas did seem expensive, though they were pretty tasty, the ones we had. And I, I didn't even necessarily love all of the pizzas. Well, the, that they... the place... The, it's from a place in Asbury Park, and they make... They do make really good food. Mm. Um, but just very... Pr- I'm going to look up the... I'm gonna, you, you read that. I'm going to look up the price of the pizzas. So this is the Mando with no name. It's a Belgian IPA. It's got Centennial, Simcoe, and Citra hops. Which should hopefully speak to Anthony and uh, bring him back to uh, the fold, such as sure. it is. Um, when Mando meets a man with no name, get three coffins ready. Make that four. 7.2% alcohol by volume. It's one pint, which we love. Um, sure. I have to say, all your other complaints, justified though they may be, I have to imagine that you particularly enjoyed the can art. I this do. Is pretty like I said, this is the best one. So... Although, wow, that's a sneak attack. Did not notice. There's no, there's no um, color in the illustration except for Grogu. Well, it's it's in relief, like uh, <clears throat> like the way it's in relief against the body of the Mando, uh, as is like the sheen of of like the glinting off of his. No, but uh, he's actually green armor. Ah, well, very subtle, the, but it's very the, cool. The background is like. Teal and he's green, so yeah, it's yeah, almost yeah. It's hard to tell. tough to tell the sure. shade is. No, this different. one is it. This was a really cool one. This is like this was. I think this was back when I was like very very excited about it. I was like, oh, this is so cool. Um, yeah, because you gave this to up. me when we went, which was like yeah, yeah. eight months ago or something. And like when that. it popped up on their uh, on their app for like their beer broadcast of like, oh, new release today, and I saw the name, I was like, I'll I will have three of those. No, <laughs> but um, no, it's, it's a great cool. Game. You got the starry, the starry background. You got the Mando with Grogu in, in tow, walking through a doorway and casting a shadow to be the man with no name. Which was that Clint Eastwood? Sure. I mean, it looks like Clint Eastwood, and it was one of those old westerns. I know, so yeah. I'm just gonna put those those uh, together. So, all right, Al, I have prices for you, and I need I need you to bear with me for a second here. Go on. Okay. They have a red, a white, and a pink pie. Okay. Okay. They're 14 inches. 14 by 14. They were square, right? Yeah. For, yes, 14 by 14 is in fact a square. Um, <clears throat> the red starts at $23. The white, 24 The pink, 24 mm-hmm. Pre-toppings. Pink? Yeah, spicy vodka. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good. Uh, then the toppings start. First topping, pickled cherry peppers. 
two dollars. Okay. Okay. The first category of toppings are two dollars a piece. The second is three dollars a piece. The fourth, four dollars a piece. <laughs> you see where this is going. Yes. The fifth is five dollars a piece. Okay. That's too much for a topping. For one topping, yes. As a person who has run on multiple days a week a very successful pizzeria, this is Who's too much. Son, son to a, much. a man who owned a pizzeria for like thirty years. <laughs> you could, I mean, you could probably put all those things on the pizza at Big Al's for the base price, <laughs> and it would be an eighteen-inch pizza, which would be a this circle. is ridiculous, and it would be better. Um, this is good, but it could be better. <laughs> This pizza's good. That could be better. <laughs> you know what it is? It's, it's the turn yes, at all in one snap motion, and then it's the... <laughs> the finger guns. <laughs> let's, uh, let's give the Mando with no name a taste, shall we? Oh. Hmm. That's a phrase. Turn phrase. Flick Cheers. to the six after dark. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> so what happens when you start at 10.30. <laughs> Not quite 10.30. This is a pretty delightful beer. This is a good one. This is a good beer. Um, I do like this one. I'm going. I. Uh, it's bright. Yes. It's juicy. Yes. It's got an interesting dryness at the end that I didn't expect from the first two things, which is surprising. Yeah, that that doesn't <laughs> typically go along with the juicy. <laughs> juicy IPAs don't have dry finishes typically. <laughs> very strange. Uh, but no, it's very flavorful. Very it's full. juicy. It's hazy. I, it's bright. It's got the citra that you so love and crave. You know, I love my citra. Um, definitely has, I feel like more of a, like from the citra hops, like more of like a grapefruit, like rind versus the grapefruit flavor. I think I like it. Okay. There's like that bitterness underneath that sweetness that I really enjoy. Um, I didn't really get that until now, but yes, this one is, this is probably my favorite of the ones I've had from them. Okay. So it's good to do it now. I'm going to give this one a three thuckler. I'm in, I'm in for three thuckles. Call it, put it on the board. Uh, I've lost my notes. Gone. Entirely. Like, from the world? Oh, or? they're back. Nope. <laughs> we're having the weirdest weird. technical difficulties a, so far. Yeah, we're having a day. We're having a day. Uh, I like this one. Yeah, three tuckles. Three tuckles it is. Al, kick us off with some news and nuggets. What's going on? So I have actually, one, one first, I, Al. Yes. How was your Christmas? Um, It was fine. It was solid. The problem is we had plans. And those plans were derailed by COVID. Yeah, same. Because <laughs> my sister went to Florida for... COVID. Like... <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think that's what she set out for, but she came back with... Uh, she went for a week um, from the Thursday before... Not the Thursday before Christmas, two Thursdays before Christmas. Mm. And came back the Wednesday before Christmas. And she wasn't feeling good on the way home. So she walked in the house, walked straight to the medicine cabinet, grabbed the instant test that we had sitting there, swabbed immediately positive. Oh. Put herself in her room. So she yeah. had no interaction other than literally like saying hello to my dad and stayed that way until like yesterday. Oh, damn. Um,. And so we were supposed to have my cousin Dan and his family um, come over and we were supposed to have one of my other aunts and uncles come over. And also there was a couple other people who were kind of maybes um, and none of them were able to come. 
but we also found out on Christmas Day that one person from each of those families ended up testing positive for COVID too, obviously from totally separate sources, considering mm-hmm. they didn't come. Um, so yeah, it ended up being a very quiet, lazy affair. We had a nice little Christmas Eve. Um, we had one person come over Christmas Eve while Jada listened at the door from upstairs. And then, um, you know, we did, uh, actually we failed. We had six fishes. Um, and, uh, but they were all delicious, delicious. Seven is too much. But if you're going to get six, if you're going to have six, you might as well have seven is my point. Sure. Um, do you do eight? Do you do one for good luck? We did eight one year, I think, because we did, we did. <laughs> I just a, can't decide. <laughs> no, we did a seafood bis- biscuit. And it had like three fishes in it. So. Oh, that's yeah. a, that's a pro move right there. Yeah, that was me. Knock them all found, out at once. I found a recipe. I made a seafood bisque that had like scallops and uh, <laughs> shrimp and so I put up with these stories about scallops and scallops. <laughs> I know you love that line. <laughs> I had like scallops, uh, shrimp and crab and then like we had clams and we had mussels and yeah. we had calamari, you know, mm-hmm. that so this year we had crab legs, we had scallops and we had shrimp these are the biggest shrimp I've ever seen in my life. Not just, not like including on TV. These are the biggest king, ones I've ever seen. King about. prong. They, they absolutely. They were <laughs> fucking huge. They were like almost as big as like the crescent I'm making with my like hand. Pepe from the Muppets. My huge hand. Yes. Yeah. Um, we had monkfish. So we had the monkfish. You ever see one of those things beforehand? Yeah, they're they're fucking creepy. Yeah. No. No. Thanks. Uh, they're delicious though. Uh, I've had monk. We had monkfish. The giant prawns, like, um, butterflied open, and the scallops, basically all three of those made scampi style. Nice. We had king crab legs, we had mussels in white wine sauce, and calamari. So we had six fishes. Very nice. Fell one short. And then Christmas, we had uh, pared down the menu. We had ham, Brussels sprouts with bacon, and ravioli. Nice. Nice. My, uh... You know, I, forgot, I didn't get any fish salad this year. My dad makes a bean fish salad, and uh, hmm. I I just didn't have it. Um, that's another way to knock out a bunch of fish at once. Yes. What does a monkfish taste like? What is it adjacent to, texture-wise? Um, it's kind of similar to lobster, actually, even though it's huh. not like lobster at all, like as far as like pre-cooking. But yeah, what the- is it, like a filet? Um, yeah, I guess so. It's, like, thick, though, the way that, like, um, like, a like a bluefish would be, you know what I mean? Mm, okay. So, like, like just seeing the, the quote-unquote filet that I'm pre-cooking, like, it was kind of sure. similar in shape to that. It's a very white fish, but it's not, like, flaky like flounder. It's, it's, it's thicker, but it kind of, it's almost like eating lobster tail. Huh. Like, when All you right. start breaking off, like, a chunk and eating, like, a bite of it, like... It's got, like a, it's got like a, a chew to it. Not yeah, not, not maybe not way, as like... firm as that, but similar. Like okay, it, like the taste and texture is kind of similar to lobster tail. It's good. Uh, monkfish yeah. is pretty common in paella. We've done it in that too, but we've mm. had it on its own like two okay. times now. Okay, I don't think I've ever had it. It's good. Yeah, I, I, I know see a... it staring back at me at the Whole Foods. But yeah, I know <laughs> it's it's a weird one, but it tastes good. Do not be put off by it. It appearance. always looks surprised. <laughs> I feel like all fish are because they're typically. Their fucking huge eyes are just open, and their mouth is always slightly agape. So the old fish always look surprised when you see them like whole fish. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know what? I uh, I never I never want to come across a king crab that's not just a leg. 
<laughs> that sounds like a terrifying water spider that I don't want to be a part of. I mean, it's basically what they are, right? Um, yeah, I had so many crab legs. I love crab. They're so good. I went to town on some crab in South Carolina this past year. It was a good time. Twice. Two I, nights in a row. I believe it. I was like, Kim and I were trying to decide where should we go for dinner. I was like, call me crazy. But the place we went yesterday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get the same thing. <laughs> no menus. <laughs> I know what I'm having. Oh, here's your menus. No, no, it's okay. Just give me what you gave me yesterday. Right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sir. I, I don't remember. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I had the one with all the crab. <laughs> what is, what's, what's new? In well, no. What did you guys do for Christmas and Christmas? Oh, um, yeah. So Christmas Eve, we were at uh, Kim's mom's for the first half. We were at my cousin's for the second half. Christmas Day was canceled due to someone was around someone who was around someone who lived with someone that tested positive. So they just decided to just call it. Um, yeah. So it was just a chill day at home. Okay. We did a. We did some, my parents came over for breakfast, we had some fruitcake, opened some presents, first pre- first first Christmas with the little man, yep. so that was fun, um, laid him in the in the wrapping paper, took a picture nice. of it, and then Carly laid in the wrapping paper, and I took a picture of it. <laughs> <laughs> so you had fruitcake uh, for breakfast, you did not have bread in the oven. Did not have bread in the oven, no. No, never. Never in my <laughs> life have I had bread in the oven. <laughs> I was hoping the pictures would jog your memory. You no, know what it is? Nothing. Is I'm going to have to come over. I'm going to have to make it for you. Not that it requires any sort of artistry or skill. And you're going to have it. And as soon as you taste it, that's what's going to jog your memory. All right. We'll see. We'll see. And I'll dip in my coffee, apparently. That's something that my insane dad does. I don't approve of that behavior. Okay. I feel like I got to try it. I tried it once. I hated it. When in also, <laughs> also, I was. That was a time where, like, like, I drank coffee, but, like, not all the time. You know, it's those I don't like. I'm weird about sometimes with, like, butter mixing with certain things. Like, sure. I don't like. I've had before, like, a breakfast sandwich where, like, if you're going to toast the bread on, like, a skillet with the butter, fine. But don't toast and then butter the bread and then put the eggs on it. I, it, huh. I get weird about that. It, and it's not even like a, I know ahead of time. Like one time I bit into a sandwich, had no idea it was on there, and I started gagging. I was like, "What the fuck?" Weird. Yeah, no, it's just it's like for whatever reason the, the two things don't the mix. texture thing. No, no, no. It's the it, it's it was the taste of it. It, it was huh. weird. The, I don't know the butter on the eggs. Whatever. Like the like I know people cook eggs in butter sometimes. That's fine. It's like the like the butter additional? melting onto the eggs. Yeah. That. All right. Yeah, right. it was weird. I don't know. I've had it a couple times that you I've never also, liked it. You also don't do cheese on eggs. I didn't for the longest time. I have for a while now. Okay, you're 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 pro cheese now. Oh, absolutely, yeah, definitely. Um, so I mean, everyone's cheese. A... What's that? We're gonna call you the big cheese. I've been called big a lot of things. So, <laughs> I uh, have you ever had bullet? Was bulletproof? Bulletproof coffee? I don't know. There's like this brain food coffee thing that you do, where like you have this like. Fatty coffee with butter in it. And I've heard of the butter in the coffee thing in lieu of cream cinnamon. or milk. Yeah. I've never been brave enough to try it. It's so weird. It's so yeah. it's so weird. It it leaves a texture in your mouth 
It's the grease, is, right? The grease just sits in your mouth. It's just, it's unlike anything <laughs> that you've ever had. It's not, a, it's not necessarily a good thing. It's just well, a very some, unique. I don't understand how, but some coffees are actually oily in their own right, right? They are, yeah. So, and this is an oily coffee that yeah. you use with it. It's a, it's a, it's something. I'm, I'm not, just picturing like, you know, you, that, that super like basic white girl thing where you have the coffee in front of you. And everyone does it, right, when you have a really good coffee, right? And it's fresh, and you're sitting, and you're going to relax. This isn't like drinking coffee on the way to work, right? You're sitting on a Saturday morning, got nothing to do. You have the coffee in front of you. You, you give it the two-hand hold. Yeah. You you're talking waft. elf elf with the syrup. Yeah. Yes, you waft yeah, the yeah. coffee before sipping it. And I'm just picturing someone into that. And you go, mmm. So <laughs> this, uh, that's an oily coffee. Like, I'm, that's what I'm picturing. Yeah. I'm like, no, so, it's, ruining the, uh, it's ruining the moment of tranquility. Yeah, no, it's uh it's very strange. I I did like a few a few I think I might have done it for like a week or two. I I, I don't know what it was for. I was trying I was trying some some different like um weekly diet things just to see how they affected me. Uh, mm. it was it I mean it did good interesting things, but I wasn't enjoying it at the end of the day. So <laughs> um No, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So our one new. What's our new? Our new is the Batman trailer. The Batman. The Batman? <laughs> the Batman trailer. <laughs> so what'd you think of that trailer? I, uh, I've been all in on this for a while now. Um, I thought it was fine. I don't think I really got... I didn't need it. I liked the last trailer. Yeah. So it's it, was funny cool. it was cool to see some extra stuff. I was all out on, hey, we're doing another, another Batman. And then mm-hmm. I was all in when I kind of liked the idea of I don't even remember what Matt Reeves has directed, but like I don't know. There's something about him doing this thing and what the plan for it was, and then hiring of Pattinson, and then hiring mm-hmm. of the, the main cast. I was like, okay, I like that. But I gotta be honest, the trailers hadn't really done anything for me. Mm-hmm. This one finally kind of got me, like from an actual, not just conceptual standpoint of this is what the movie is going to start to look like. I finally yeah. kind of got in there now. There's some pretty cool hints dropped. That, like it seems like we're gonna explore the darker side of um, Thomas Wayne and Alfred knowing about it, and uh, what that what the implication is for Bruce, which is funny because the father type thing. To like, me, I, you obviously know way more about like comic background of Batman. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that Thomas Wayne had in any version a darker side. He's always mm-hmm. been kind of the paragon of virtue. Yeah, yeah. because he's because the only time you ever engage with Thomas Wayne, he's dead, and he was sure dead for no good reason like he no like not because he did anything wrong right and like mm-hmm. what you know about him was he tried to do like he was a billionaire but he tried to do good to whatever extent right mm-hmm. and so it's hard to really get too down on that person so this is an interesting different take um i have no expectation of that but it seemed like that's obviously what the trailer going into yeah. it is so uh, me not having any of that knowledge backstory wise of comics i can go into that with a clean slate and be well, like wooed you know, by what's going to happen. This is part of the reason why it doesn't bother me so much that we're doing Batman again. Is that there's so many there's so many ways to do it because of the amount of stories that we had over the years. That I feel like, well, yeah, why not? Let's 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 take this take. It's not going to get anywhere. If if they make more than one, we're we're probably not going to get past three. And then you could do another one if you want. Like, and I'd be fine with it. I'm my my totally issue happy with to this, watch more Batman. My issue with this is yeah, like it, it, each time you just commit to a new Batman, right? The Burton Batmans are obviously distinctly different than the Nolan Batmans, including the type of version of the story they're trying to tell, right? Mm -hmm. Even though a lot of overlap of characters, but different 
totally different stories. Yeah. Which is great. And even the Affleck one, as much as I loathed that, it still was trying to do a new and different version of it. So I appreciated that aspect of it. 50,000 foot view, right? Mm -hmm. I, my concern from the beginning was always just, I don't want 15 different versions of Batman to canonically exist at the exact same time. I just like to focus on one at a time. Yeah. And then you go on to the next one and that's fine. You know? Well, I mean, that's where we're at now, isn't it? Sure. But when this movie was announced, Affleck was still involved. There was the TV show. You know, I mean, like it it just felt like too much all at once. Well, there was the, Oh, Gotham. Yeah, there was gotcha. Gotham, yeah, that and was there whole, was... You, that, you know what? I'll give you that. That's fair. There were too many There were um, too many plates. I just, yeah, like, considering all of them were quote-unquote, I mean, obviously different universes, but like Canada, it's like, no, no, let's just do one, focus on mm-hmm. that one, and then five or ten years from now, you want to do a different one? Go for it. No. No. I, uh, I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to the gritty take on the Riddler, um, the more criminal underground take on Penguin. I think that it's going to be... It, it, I think it'll suit the movie well. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, do you know Do you know if there's plans for this to be a series? Or is this like a one-off? I or? can't imagine it's a one-off. Yeah. They haven't announced, what, uh, to my knowledge, they haven't announced what the plans for this going on would be. But why yeah. would you put this amount of effort into this and not... Like, there's no way that they could get Robert Pattinson to sign up for one movie, right? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He seems like one of the. He seems like he might be on board for like a one and done type of situation and really, really sell it. But I guess so. I don't know. Just it seems weird considering some of the production hell that this went through early on. Plus, on top of that, the pandemic. Like, hmm. like I, that seems like a weird investment for a one movie thing. Like I get that yeah. like, he doesn't have to do at this point in his career. Right, he's made so much money. He doesn't have to do anything he doesn't want to. But my point is, I I can't imagine him having signed on the dotted line to be in this movie if this is the only movie. Sure. No, that's fair. I, uh, yeah, I'm curious. I, I'm really, I'm looking forward to it. It's not that far away, which is pretty awesome. So yeah. Was it March? Is that what it was? March. Yeah. Yeah. Circus. You know, I'll, you know, I'm down for some circus <laughs> and in anything. Cracks me up that guy. So good. He's so good. Well, it sounds like we're finally going to get to see the more dramatic side of him, which is cool. Yeah. Honestly, outside of like, I mean, Shme- like Smeagol is kind of shtick, but also dramatic too. Um, I guess Planet of the Apes Caesar, yeah, is dramatic, but that's still mostly voice acting. Not to discredit it, but it, like I just want to see what he looks like in the whole package mm-hmm. of like him doing a dramatic, like well, leading, or I, I not just leading, think like, if he role. could do that, if he could, <laughs> if he could play Claw the way that he played Claw, like I feel like he, you know, that's a whole comedic actor thing, man. Like no, he's no, so- I. I Killed it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Um. I'm not skeptical of it. I, I'm. I'm saying. I'm curious. Like I. I want to yeah. see. Like I'm. Yeah. I'm. I'm really curious to see what it looks like. Because he definitely like. chews up the scenes when he's in them. So like I'm curious how he'll play opposite Bruce. I thought it was really funny in that trailer when that. Um. I don't know if she was a reporter or what she was, but was like hounding Bruce, and it's like you know you, the Waynes have always been philanthropists. They're always doing something. You don't seem to do anything. I was like. Bitch, <laughs> that was back. that was trailer poetry, right? Because in the yeah. movie, it ain't gonna happen that way. But them interspersing her saying that with scenes of him being Batman, right, and right. coming back to his facial reaction to the question—that's music. Yep. Yeah. And uh, oh man, I'm I'm pumped. I love I love uh, I love a good Batman. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. 
I think it's going to be good. I think they have yeah. they've got the right ingredients. I think Let's so. see if they can pull it together. Uh, that was a pretty great. It was a tight, tight news and nuggets segment. Do you have any other news or nuggets? Um, my actual news nugget, my nugget can lead into what we're watching. What we're okay. Consuming. So I have I have one other one as well because it literally came across my desk minutes before we started. Didn't sure. get to watch the trailer yet. I kind of forgotten they finally officially greenlit and started doing it, but um, the trailer dropped earlier today for season two of the Righteous Gemstones, which starts in like. Oh, I didn't. I never Less finished the first season. Oh, no? No, I thought it was very silly. Yeah. But I had watched. It was one of those ones where I had rewatched the episode a couple of times because Kim fell asleep. Mm. And like, I I just like wasn't interested in, in keeping going at that point. But um, it was funny. I, I yeah. thought the concept was ridiculous. Yes. So I'm excited for that. I totally forgot that was like coming around. Like I, I was super excited for them to do it. And they took them a while to like commit to like, hey, we're officially starting production. Mm-hmm. Like they basically said, yeah, we're going to do it. It's just like a question of when. Yeah. And then they, they started production. This is another thing that happens with the pandemic, obviously, right? As stuff gets delayed and extended and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere trailer drops and i think it starts january 9th which is like not even two weeks away so i'm like oh shit that's pretty cool i love i love a I love a stealth drop uh my my nugget that leads into what we're watching is uh tomorrow i am finally seeing no way home and i am so very excited Dude. i i've been I've been dying to watch this movie, and the fact that it's been out for as long as it has without me seeing it is is is, is crazy for me. Um, obviously, that's the new norm. But yes, I uh, also no with with. I mean, I've made it this far with having nothing spoiled, and I'm that's shocking. Pretty, I'm very surprised about this. Um, but I also yeah. have not really been looking into movie news specifically because I don't want to catch anything. And I no, honestly, even me not being as much plugged in as I used to be. But still more plugged in than you are. Even I was surprised that I saw very little in the way of spoilers. I saw one that is really not a spoiler, mm-hmm. ultimately. And I had to do some digging because I saw a meme and I just wanted to understand it. Sure. And I, when I figured out went what it was, far. and then saw how it went in the movie. No, no it was fine. No, but okay, I, okay. I, I ended up getting a good laugh. I got a much bigger laugh at the thing in the movie because I had seen the meme. I don't think I would have laughed as hard. Okay. In the movie, if I hadn't seen that ahead of time, gotcha, gotcha. Well, either way, I'm I'm pumped. I love this series of Spider-Man movies, and a poll. Uh, there's been all these polls going around about mm. who the best Spider-Man is, and Tobey Maguire seems to win a lot. And I disagree. Yeah, it's a nostalgia thing. That's it's it is. I think Tom Holland kills it. Yeah. Not to say Toby was bad, because I, I no. did think he did a good job. He's fine. But Tom Holland is my Spider-Man. It's <laughs> just it. This is how it's going to be. So uh, do you want a slight teaser slash spoiler of my score of the movie? or Sure. You sure? Yeah, yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> Four. Shit. <laughs> ten out of ten. Okay, see, I'm I'm pumped. <laughs> I was, I, my my cousin who doesn't watch movies is like, did you see Spider Man yet? I was like, no, not yet. He's like, it's amazing. <laughs> I I feel bad because me and Dominic went to see it the day Gianna got back, 
and she was going to come with us because she's gone with me to see the last two. Mm. But she found out she had COVID, so she didn't get to go. So I'm going to probably try and go see with her again Excellent. before we record because I really want to see it again to give it my full blown. But Ooh. I feel good about that right now. Yeah, yeah. I feel good about easily putting this in the top three of the MCU movies. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> It's funny because my, my my top three tends to be a little bit away from the consensus rankings because I don't have any of the Avengers movies in my top three. I okay. don't have Iron Man in my top three. I think my new reformed top three now. I got. Wait, can I guess it? Sure. I, and the order doesn't matter. Just what the top. Winter three Soldier, are. Ragnarok, this. Yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's really, really. You know what it comes down to. This movie is really well written, mm. which I never thought I would say that specifically about an MCU movie, because okay. everything that I feared about this movie with how many important characters were going to be involved, mm-hmm. they all get at least one, if not more times to shine, and it never feels overstuffed. Ugh. They balance it all to perfection because like like because if it, the best parallel for this right would be spider-man 3 like the Tobey Maguire uh-huh. spider-man 3 right and people complain oh there's too many villains in that movie yeah there's more villains in this movie and they, they all get time uh. to shine and also like perform you're gonna walk out of this movie feeling for like all of the villains in that movie i'm so pumped like that's what I sets apart that's what sets apart stuff like that's what set apart the whole Thanos storyline, right? It was like you kind of felt, if not felt for him in an empathetic way, you understood him. Yeah. Right? And and like Loki, you understood kind of where he's coming from. You empathize with him. You were entertained by him. You were repulsed by him. Mm-hmm. You get all of those things with this. Uh, it, I felt bad for some of the villains in this movie. That's awesome. I'm really excited. Ah. Uh. Are you jealous that I get to see it for the first time tomorrow? <laughs> I no, always, because I, I, always think about I got that, to see I, it. <laughs> I've like I, when I've seen a movie when I see a movie that I love before you've seen it and you tell me that you're going to see it. I just I I'm like oh man, I wish I could. That's what I would like if I could have that tool from Men in Black. <laughs> that like I would or... I would specifically use it to rewatch movies for the first time. Yeah, but it would have to be really targeted because like I want to remember. That I'm excited to see it for the first time, but forget why yeah, I'm so just, excited. I want to. I'm just gonna just flash away this part where I watched it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, no, it's it's really really good. Yeah, I want to uh, set you know set the world on fire. I'd love to do that again for the Last Jedi. Yes, because good lord, did I love that movie? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. So. What else are you, uh, well, what do we, well, I, I have not consumed it yet, but what are you consuming? Um, okay. What have you so, consumed today? Do you want the today consuming? I want the, t- I want today's consumption. Okay. So we got held up starting our recording tonight because I had dinner plans, uh, with a family friend and I was told seven o'clock sharp and we got there at seven o'clock sharp and I was like, okay, hour and a half, two hours and it being nearly three full hours. So we had it. It's an Italian restaurant right near my house. And it's the one that I taunt 
Anthony with a couple times a year with the appetizer they have there because we've been talking about it for years. Obviously. You sent me a video not a week ago of you pouring the cheese over the fries. That's correct. So you've had it twice in a week. That was, was that a week and a half ago? I don't know. Time is irrelevant. <laughs> it was within the last two weeks for sure. Um, of, yeah, of me, because we ordered it. Because it's like five minutes from house. We ordered it, picked it up, had it at home. They gave us piping hot gorgonzola cream sauce on the side. And we drizzled it over the crispy, hot waffle fries. You know, the only thing that made it worse was that it was that stupid garbage, like, Android sends video message to iPhone business. where or vice Yeah, that versa, really pisses me like off. because a super they- small, grainy video, but I knew what it was. That that really drives me nuts. They gotta find a way to fix that already because my it's videos, like watching a bootleg. My videos look <laughs> gorgeous on my phone. They look gorgeous, and when I send it to you, it looks like shit. And I'm yeah. sure your videos look fantastic on your phone. And when you send them to of me, course. they look like shit. So yeah, well, that, we should that just drives be me using nuts. a messaging. Like you should have slacked it to me. It would have been fun. I didn't think of Slack because we yeah. haven't really used the Slack in a few yeah, months. Yeah, I'm not even sure if I'm signed in. Frankly, I wouldn't have gotten it. <laughs> yeah, actually, I don't think I signed in on my new phone because I haven't got an update in a couple of months. And you're not like the only channel I'm on there. So like, mm-hmm. I would have had something at this point. I've probably been missing Slack stuff. Anyway, so to drink, I had a couple of Manhattans. As I said, I had a glass. What of- were we using as the rye in there? I don't know. I just asked oh, for okay. rye. You just asked for it straight up. Okay. So, my my drink order for cocktails yep. is always rye Manhattan up. Whatever they give me is what I got. It tasted good, so it wasn't terrible, whatever the rye they used. A glass of Primitivo. <laughs> a glowing dinner. review. Two Manhattans, not terrible. <laughs> <laughs> a glass of Primitivo with dinner and a Irish What's that coffee one? with dessert. It's a red wine. It's an Italian red wine. Okay. Um, but for the dinner, we showed up. They give you, of course, bread and oil. Waffle fries and gorgonzola and rice balls and a couple of different salads. See, now I'm full, though. Well, there was five, six, seven of us for dinner. So we ordered a couple of orders of each. We all picked Mm -hmm. at it. Had some salad. You know, so it all comes out to you get three or four bites of everything, right? Okay. We had a pasta course that was the spicy chicken fusilli, which is really good there. What? Yeah, no, it's a fusilli in a... With chicken, obviously, and uh, spicy tomato cream sauce with, like, fontina mm. cheese, but they, like, melt it into the sauce, so it's, like, mixed okay. with that. Yeah, yeah, And then we also had another dish, which, weirdly enough, came with fusilli as well. It was sweet fennel sausage. Wait, with- which kind of fusilli are we talking about? The, the Not the full pasta one. Yeah, like- see, that's my favorite. <laughs> no, it, it's all right. No, this was like the regular like cut facility. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's how I always think of it is as a cut pasta. I know it comes. One, one of them is a spring well. that is contracted. <laughs> and one of them is a spring that has expanded. You know, the big facility, you cut it into three and then you have cut facility. <laughs> um, sweet fennel sausage with a tomato sauce and a huge glob of whipped herbed regatta which mm. they drop on there and then you Dude, mix it all up. Does it just smell terrible in your house right now? Like, is everybody just... No, we were at the restaurant. We were at the restaurant. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, but you're all back now, right? 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I ran inside and came right downstairs. There's, that, I, there's a cloud upstairs when you go I up. The, oh God, super... it's, it's settling. <laughs> it's coming I, down the stairs. It's I have so a... heavy. <laughs> <laughs> heavy farts. <laughs> I uh, no, I I haven't been gassy, so I don't know if anyone else is. But that doesn't really do that to me typically. So, okay. um, so that was the pasta course. Then for dinner, we had the mixed grill, which is just assorted meats and steaks and potatoes and um, broccoli rabe. And there was an herb shrimp that came with risotto and um, what's it called? Uh, spinach, like sautéed garlic and oil. Mm. And uh, there was mm-hmm. the eight-hour cacciatore. It's a pork cacciatore that was in like a, some sort of tomato sauce. And they braise the pork for eight hours before they like serve it. And it just totally falls apart. Mm. Chicken scarparella, which is probably my favorite of Italian dish. My favorite of the chickens. <laughs> well, it's chicken and sausage. You've had scarparella, right? Yeah. That that's probably my favorite like Italian dish. It doesn't come with pasta. It comes with potatoes and cherry peppers, and it's in uh, vinegar sauce. Uh, it's that's so fucking good. Um, and then for dessert, we had zeppolis, which were not just powdered sugar, but also drizzled in caramel mm. and I, tiramisu. I, I love, like, I love it. I love the taste of a Zeppeli, but I can't eat uh, fried doughs. Really, they really just, like, almost almost instantaneously bother my stomach. It's very weird. That is weird. Well, because, like, beignets can be heavy because they can be really doughy, but good Zeppelis are really airy. I don't think it's the head. I don't think it's the weight at all. I actually think it's the, uh, the soaked oil. For whatever reason, I just don't do well with a lot of oil. Oh, interesting. Well, but these ones were very crispy. They weren't oily. Mm. Nice. Obviously, they were cooked in oil, but like they come out like dry and crisp. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm about that. Definitely drier would be better for me. But uh, and a little tiramisu, you said. Yes, tiramisu nice. as well. So that's what I consumed this evening. It was a lot. I am full. Nice. Um, although not obscenely full. I've, I'm the proper amount of full. Sure. I've been fuller. Oh, but have I? <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been to one of the Miles barbecues? <laughs> I was. Much fuller than this Christmas Eve and Christmas. So, mm. I I love food, as yes. you know. I hate being full. Me too, but it doesn't stop me. Well, sure. Yeah, I mean that's probably something to unpack. Um, but at the same time, oh no, I know I, what it, I know what it is. I love the taste of delicious. I love food. food. <laughs> so here's the thing: is I could have less delicious food or i could have more delicious food so it's really just math it's simple math it's arithmetic sure. it's what's better more or less <laughs> as somebody asks al quantity or quality and he's like put those Both. hands together it's, that is you have reached a unified theory of me it's i'm having my cake and eating it too want, literally and metaphorically i want copious amounts of quality i don't know what you're asking you yeah, know i'm not going to shovel just absolute <laughs> garbage into my mouth. Sure. I want the delicious food and then more of the delicious food and then more of the delicious of food. Of the delicious food. Yeah, exactly. No. That's fair. I, uh, my dinner had a lot of pieces to it, but it wasn't, it wasn't nearly as exciting as yours. I had, uh, Kim and I shared some steak nachos. Mm, nice. A veggie quesadilla. And yucca fries. See, I gotta say, I wouldn't be caught dead eating a veggie quesadilla. Interesting. Not that I don't... Like, I, I would love a regular quesadilla with meat and also veggies. Sure. But to me, the 
point of eating a veggie quesadilla is that's where we're not going to have the meat. So if I've had the steak nachos, I'm just going to get a quesadilla with meat too. Mm, mm-hmm. Okay. Like if you didn't you. have those and we're like, today is going to be a little bit lighter yeah, day. No, no, I, we, we've, we've already covered how you want more of the thing that's good. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, just to me, like when you, when you decide to have a thing that's typically or often served with meat and you make the choice to not have it with meat, mm-hmm. it feels like most of the time that decision is made to have the health aspect, to have the, the lesser, uh, like, Uh, evil of lack of meat like you're making a choice from a health perspective from a consumption standpoint whatever to not have meat and that's great do that but commit to it for the the meal like (laughs) otherwise i feel like i'm depriving myself if i'm gonna have another part of the meal we we may be in a rare pocket because people seem to always think that it's weird when we order things like that but like i actually like really sometimes i just prefer the veggies so I would just have I would just have both like is you know like like because like whether you're making it from a, a moral choice of let's consume a little bit less meat for mm-hmm. carbon or for animal cruelty reasons or whatever or for health reasons any of those reasons to not have it if you make that choice that fine great but I just wouldn't have meat anywhere else in that meal like I would just I would abstain sure like whole sure I, I do think that there's a difference though like between like getting like a veggie quesadilla and a veggie quesadilla with meat it's, it tastes very different. Sure, probably. Um, in hindsight, though, what we decided was they did not... The steak was delicious. That was on the mm-hmm. nachos. However, they basically took a giant skirt steak, cut it into large strips, and put that on top of nachos, which is not... You can't really eat it that way. No, so I ended up taking like, all the steak off this, and chopped you, it up simply, into smaller pieces and put it back yeah, on. Yeah, typically you want to shred the steak. You shred so, the steak nachos, right? I think it would have been better if the steak was in the quesadilla and the veggies were on the nachos, is really what I'm getting at. Probably, yeah. It, would, it might have been, might have been better. So maybe, maybe next time. But either way, it was delicious. Now, does this become now that you've eaten it all and it's all in your stomach? Is this kind of like a ship of Theseus thing, where like if you change it enough, is it still the same? <laughs> it's actually become you change burrito. It, <laughs> you change it, rearrange all of the component parts of the meal. But they all end in the same spot. Is it still the same meal? <laughs> I think. I think when you're talking about Americanized Mexican food, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is, in fact, the same meal. Um, anyway, it was delicious. I actually kind of want another bite of it. Right what are you what are you watching some stuff? Yeah, so um, as far as consumption, I broke this down into some interesting categories here. So uh, let's do an Expanse category because the other night I finished the final book in the Expanse. The series is done. Um, I have come to love it considerably. It, I read all of it over the course of this year, all nine novels. Really enjoyed the final book. Really liked a lot of the choices they made, a lot of the ways it was delivered to me. Don't 100% love the ending. It's mm. really hard to nail an ending of something that long. Mm. Um, what it comes down to is I have three, I'm not going to call it problems, I'm going to call it quote-unquote issues. Sure. So I feel like problems too. If negative. you're having an issue, here's a here's tissue. A tissue. <laughs> um, no, it's not. I don't want to call it problems because it, uh, that's got too negative a connotation. I just want to say these are things that I would have liked to see, but didn't like ruin the experience for me. Right? Mm-hmm. There was three things. One of them really probably doesn't matter very much ultimately. Another one is kind of just more my own personal. Like it was. It just felt like a weird loophole. Not loophole. Uh, weird. 
um, like open thread that they didn't close. Um, when they make kind of a really casual throwaway reference to it in the final mm. pages. Um, and there's a choice there that was made. And so that's fine. Like I, it doesn't feel, it felt intentional, I guess is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. I like, I didn't think it was careless. I disagree with the choice, but it really ultimately doesn't matter to like the narrative or anything. Um, and the, my quote unquote biggest issue with it was the ending feels a bit rushed. Okay. Like just in, they build to this big climax and all through the climax, really great. I think at the end of it all, though, with so many characters, so many books. <laughs> you're, reading, you're reading through the book and you're like, I don't know about this. My, the pages of my right hand are feeling pretty thin. <laughs> yeah, to, a, to an extent. No, but like to the point where they got to the, the, the climax, and this is a story that has spanned so much time and so much activity and it was so deep and detailed that it really after the climax you get one chapter that kind of deals with most of the main characters who are left in this page of the book although uh, this stage in the book some of the other main characters who have been main characters throughout the course of the story they're still alive Hmm. maybe they kind of been pushed to the sidelines some but it feels like we should get a little perspective on them. And then there's an epilogue. Yeah, so okay. we didn't, we really got the main crew who's like the ones who are still alive from the crew of the Rossinante are wrapped up really abruptly. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's me being greedy. Part of it, I'm sure psychologically is just, I'm not ready to let it go. Sure. But one chapter felt not even a, like really a full chapter. Cause part of that chapter is kind of, the quote-unquote, I'll call it, escape from the climax event. And then you get, like, a couple of pages, ultimately, at the end of it mm. all, to wrap it up. And it's like, okay, life's going to go on in yeah. whatever capacity. It's going to be, like, a dramatically different capacity than what it's been for most of the series. I don't know. I, I just thought there should have been more. Although there is kind of uh, an indication in the chapters leading up to it where these people have been together for... 35 or 40 years at this point now. And there's a couple of hints towards this from a couple of different characters when someone has to go on what amounts to a suicide mission mm. that how many goodbyes can you have? <laughs> and so I'm sure that was a big goodbye. Yeah. No, not a big goodbye. <laughs> there was um, the biggest. <laughs> I think it, I think there was kind of a nod to that's what was coming, but it's still mm-hmm. like I w- it was it's tough to get past it. I still really enjoyed the book. I still really enjoyed it all, and I I think it ended more or less satisfactorily. Um, do you think it had anything to do with the breakneck speed that you were reading them? No, because literally after the climax of this, like there's like five pages after that, and okay. then like a four page epilogue. Gotcha. So I think that I'm justified in that. I'm, they're justified in their decision to write it that way, but I think I'm justified in feeling like I wish there was a little bit more. It didn't have to be mm. 10 chapters, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe uh, you basically could have got away with quote unquote two epilogues to... You want a little more of a send off, a little more of a rat, like a nice bow at the end. Yeah, it yeah. just felt like, I don't know. If and the, now our story is done. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I mean, not everyone gets to write off in the sunset, but when you have an, uns- when, when over the course of the story, you have an ensemble so big, mm-hmm. To get the final, 
send-off as being basically just the remaining members of the Rocinante, which you can count on one hand. I don't know. It just felt like that wasn't quite enough. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. I Like I said, I still enjoyed it. I, yeah, I know, it was still a really nice. good book. It was still nice good. It was, if it was, it was a still 10, really, you know, so yeah. Or an eight. Well, you know, I mean, like how much, you know, how greedy, uh, like some of it is greed, honestly, on my yeah, sure. point. Like, I, You're I, allowed I to can, be greedy. You're allowed to like what that. you like. More, quality, it quantity. <laughs> it, it was, it was good. It was great. I know I do. I want both. It was good. It was great. It was, um, it was nine tremendous books that spawned a tremendous television show that I enjoy as well. And I don't know, five years from now, I'll probably read the series again. Like, because mm. I own all the novels in hard copy form. So I, I, I remember how, you know, how like I'm terrible at reading and I <laughs> take forever. And uh, growing up, I was like, I was like, I can't imagine that there would ever be a time where I would reread a book. And uh, then I reread. I reread all those Harry Potter books trying to finally make it through to the end. And I really enjoyed myself along the way. Mm-hmm. I did. I mean, I've read through the Harry Potter series a couple of times. I've read through the Lord of the Rings several times. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a thing that... Here come the dogs. That one's just Cleo, actually. But... <laughs> <laughs> awesome. um, yeah, but no, I, uh, I I enjoyed my time with it. I'm I'm still... Reading, I finished Area X as well. Um, that weirdly ended in some similar ways to, hmm. and not just ended in some similar ways, but um, the big picture of that story kind of leave the movie to the side. Um, some of the specifics as to what's going on with all of that is weirdly similar to The Expanse. Those huh. books were written more or less contemporarily with each other, so it's not like it's one of those things where like is someone it Dante's Peak volcano situation. Kind of. Oh man! Like none of Ariac took place like in outer space, but like broad strokes, has kind of some weird similarities. That's funny. That I really only made that association at the end of the third book. Huh. Um, that one actually left me with way less answers. I was, <laughs> I was a little frustrated when I was done. Like mm. I can't take away the fact that I enjoyed and was kind of like thrilled like in the sense of a thriller, like thrilled by the reading of the books. Yeah. But I'm a little dissatisfied with the level of explanation at the end of it all. Like I get, you know, I, I, I've always a, been, it's like an open-ended type of thing. Yeah. But like in a way that I found really frustrating because sure. it wasn't even like a, where does it go from here type of open-ended? It's a, I'm not even entirely sure what happened. Type of ambiguity, like that's a little too much for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a well. That that that's that's a whole other level. There's that level of like I like I'm not really sure what's going on. Um, that I hate. Oh, I have a, a open ended stories. Like there's a way to do it. There's like, and in my opinion, there's only like one good way to do it. Um, from from my experiences, and that's like, uh, uh Inception. Yeah, I think that's a good way to do it. I think if you give the audience enough information that they could hold their ground on a theory. You did it right. Mm-hmm. But if it just ends and it's like, Oh, could be this could be that. I don't think that that's good. I think that that means you didn't make a choice. Yeah. Well, what frustrated me about this one was I, what I will say is structurally, even though there were some frustrations to me at, at times, that was really cool. The way that the story was written Mm. So uh, he must have written, this is Jeff Vandermeer wrote the, he must have written all three books basically more or less together. 
and then ultimately decided to edit it up in a way that he found more pleasing to deliver. So basically the first book is delivered through a journal written by a character on one of the expeditions. The second book is basically a first person account of, if you remember from the the movie, right? The, the director joins them on their expedition after many other failed expeditions. So Mm -hmm. after that expedition doesn't go right within the next ensuing months of them trying to put the pieces together, someone else is brought in to be the interim director and it's his first-hand account of trying to put the pieces together of what the fuck has been going on. Mm. Because obviously, like, forget about just the fact that no one can understand what's going on in Area X. There seems to be conflicting reports of what's going on with the Southern Reach agency that is supposed to be exploring Area X. Do the so chapters to, like, have titles? Yes. So it's like chapter 14. <laughs> <laughs> um, there... <laughs> Not totally wrong. <laughs> Chapter 14, insert weird noise. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the third book is told... The first part is told in three... No, four points of view. Four chapters, like, cascading in the way that The Expanse is written, the way that Game of Thrones is written, where each chapter is a different character's okay. point of view. Gotcha, gotcha. Two of them are concurrent. two of them are in the past. One of them is way past at the start of when Area X was formed. One of them was told by the director in her whole lead up to going on that expedition. And the other two are what's happened at the end of the second book on. Mm. And then in the, so the book is split into three sections. The middle section is a follow-up to the journal that the first book point of view was told from. It was basically someone wrote a letter who had written the first (laughs) journal, and that was also discovered. Okay. And then the third section goes back to the same format as the first section, but obviously with some advancement of time and (laughs) revelation that was made. Same as the first. (laughs) But it's it's told with the perspective of what the middle section gives because of a big shocking revelation that comes out of that. Mm. And so the third section comes with the three main characters at that point them all now being on the same page as to what the revelation from that gotcha. note was. And it's like, oh, okay. And this is okay. how that informs everything goes on. So like, it was an intriguing puzzle box to try and deal with. But the problem is at the end, it feels like someone just yanked the puzzle out of my hand before I could solve it. <laughs> and I was oh, like, man. no, oh. <laughs> it's like, like I had a lot of fun trying to figure out the puzzle, <laughs> but I never got to see what was inside the box. And this is, and it's done. Oh yeah. It was just, it was a trilogy. It was done. It was released seven years ago. Wow. That's crazy. That's kind of annoying. I am not. It was a little. Dis- it was a little annoying. Uh, well, see, this is why I have you. You read first, and then you tell me whether or not it's worth it. Um, the amount of time it takes me to get through something that would have been really devastating for me. So that was the first like <laughs> stuff that I've really listened to. So I listened at work a lot or driving okay. for work, and uh, I decided to, for now, keep my Audible Plus subscription or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, because I saw that purchasing books will be at a reduced rate. And yeah, yeah. also there's a lot of books that are for free. So I downloaded a bunch of the ones that are included with them. Now, most of them are like classic novels. But I was like, you know what? I didn't read these in high school. Wasn't interested. I might be interested in some of them. Uh, that could be cool. I would do that. So I started listening to 1984 today. Mm. I, I would like to do that too. So far, I'm 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 intrigued. I've, cool. I made it through the first like four or five chapters. So. Nice. I, uh, I'm... I'm, I'm 
I found myself in a funky situation, which has happened to me before, where like I start reading and I'm I just start nodding off almost immediately, and it's not because of the writing or anything. It's just for whatever reason, the mechanics of reading a book put me to sleep sometimes. You have um, a Pavlovian I, response to go to sleep from reading. I think I, you know what it is though. Uh, I I enjoy it. Like I'm really enjoying the story, and it's driving me absolutely crazy because I don't normally like. I don't read to go to sleep. Like that's not usually what I'm doing. Like I just read, I want to read for the sake of reading the story. So I don't know what was like, it was like the middle of the day and I was reading it and I was just like nodding off. It's like, I think I need to take a nap. And <laughs> I think it's, it's probably the, the slowest that I've ever, I ever put my body these days <laughs> would be to sit and open and turn a page on the book, which my body then goes, Oh, you're not doing anything ridiculously active right now. Go to sleep. <laughs> um, but I'll get through it. I'm going to have to reread those pages, though, because I was definitely not absorbing anything. Yeah, that happens. I don't like that. Um, cool. I, I'm watching a boatload of stuff, Hal. Okay. Uh, Hal, are you, are you up to date on Dexter? No, I told you that last episode that I... I haven't watched even since then, so I'm like... Oh, okay, so you're just really far behind. The, yeah, I, I think I saw the first three or four episodes, and I haven't had a chance to watch since then. The next episode is uh, the second to last. It is the director, I believe it was the director or the writer, or both if they're the same person, said it's the the best thing they've ever done. Wow. Uh, or that they're the, their favorite thing that they've ever done. Okay. So I'm pretty excited about it, considering where the show is going. Mm-hmm. I am hooked. <laughs> like when the episode's over, because I watched all of Dexter after it aired. So yes. if I wanted more, I just hit play. So this mm-hmm. is the first time that I'm watching it week to week. And I didn't realize until now. And now going in hindsight, looking at like thinking back on previous episodes, every episode leaves you wanting more. There's a cliffhanger of sorts. Like that, like you just, you, I, I can be. Five more minutes. Like, just give me, just wrap that one bit up, you know? Yeah, it was a good show, man. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do there. But uh, I, I encourage you to hop on because we're only a couple episodes. Well, yeah, a couple episodes from the end. And- yeah, I've wanted to. Um, now with football season drawing nearer to a close, I'm, I think the Thursday games are no longer running. And then with after another couple of weeks, the Monday games will no longer be running. So it'll just be Sundays from now okay. on. So. I'll have more nights to myself. It's, it's not just me. Like I could sit down and watch it, but I've been watching with my sister and my mom. So wanted to watch with them and we haven't been able to get all three of us together to watch an episode in several mm. weeks. So, okay. All right. Next up, I am six episodes into the Witcher season two. I haven't started yet. And my goodness, do I love that show. I love it so much. It's so much fun. It's so entertaining. I, I, I don't know what it is. There's something super captivating about all the performances and the writing. I'm just hooked. I love it. Yeah, I really wanted to watch it, but again, you know, see, not having the time. Between mm-hmm. reading and watching football and watching other shows, Succession ended, Kirby Enthusiasm is done now. So I have The Expanse on Fridays, and I have Book of Boba, mm-hmm. and I'm going to have to probably fit that into some of the free time that I have now. Yeah, it's a it's a delight. I there's so much going on like that I can't 
I can't be disengaged watching it because I feel like I need to pay attention to every little thing and every storyline and try to piece things together and understand what's happening and where we're going and what's why we're doing it. And it's just like, there's so much here. And then they start talking about the spheres and the colliding. I'm, I don't know what any of this means, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're uh, super hooked on that. And I just really think that uh, Henry Cavill is absolutely crushing it as the Witcher. Um, Book of Boba Fett, obviously, which we will discuss in our Boba Fett featurette. After the credits. Yeah, the Bobus feature. The Bobus feature <laughs> fat. That's what it was. Bobus feature fat. Feature fat. Uh, I finished Hawkeye. Okay. Did you watch any of it? Not yet. None of it. Okay. The last two episodes? Good. Entertaining. Strong. Okay. The rest of it, not so much. Not um, disappointing. That being said, no spoilers. Nothing of the sort. I need you... To bring it up, when you're done watching it, there is an incredible twist that I think everybody will gloss over as being a twist, <laughs> but I thought it was an incredible twist, and we'll discuss that in more detail when you finally finish it. <laughs> it's kind of miraculous that you've avoided spoilers to Spider-Man, where, and there's so many things that could have been spoiled for that. Sure. And I already saw spoilers for Hawkeye. Yeah, I assure you that it's nothing that you've heard of, though. <laughs> because it's well, not I just, really... I just couldn't believe that, like, someone showed me a picture, like, or someone just, like, was, like, not just one someone, I, like, multiple times I saw him on my timeline. Multiple Wilson someones. Well, <laughs> multiple times I saw Wilson Fisk is in the show. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. like, I, I would have liked to, like, figure that out for myself. Sure. Like, watching it, yeah. eventually. Um, yeah, that's, 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 that's fair. I will say, you... you I, finding out that he's in it is not that exciting because it's pretty heavy-handed. But <laughs> is that the one you were talking about last episode, where like they've been pointing all along at a character or someone being the bad guy or whatever? Yeah, like the big guy, wink, nod, <laughs> looking at the camera. <laughs> um, no, that, that's not even it. That's it's it's so good. The part that I'm talking about, which you're not, I don't even know if you'll if you'll recognize it as a twist. <laughs> But I think it's great, and we'll talk about okay. it after the So I haven't seen anyone talking about a big twist in that. There so. isn't. There really isn't one. <laughs> but it's I perceive it that way. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we'll get there. That's Hawkeye. I watched a bunch of Netflix holiday movies. Okay. Accidentally. What? Look, we were like, let's put on another Christmas movie, okay? Feeling like we just watched all of the other ones, because last year we watched so many like, let's just put on something new. I'm like, oh, there's one with Rob Lowe. I like Rob Lowe. So we put on Holiday in the Wild, which never in a movie have two characters had less chemistry. <laughs> Yet, they are supposed to, you're supposed to be convinced that they're going to end up together. Oh. Um, they end up together, fine. Uh, but the chemistry does not grow. <laughs> negative, negative amounts of chemistry. Oh, the movie so this is, is one so of those... poorly written. So this is one of those narrative relationships where it's like, they're going to be together now. Oh, why is that? Because we said so. Yeah, because guy it... and girl. Straight out of the pitch <laughs> meeting. Straight out of the pitch meeting. Cause... Oh, so why do they fall in love? Because I said so. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because opposite sex. That's that's pretty much how, you know, it was a Netflix formula. Um, but <laughs> Big heterosexual energy, got it. <laughs> yeah. But like, not though. <laughs> that's, and that's such a really interesting uh anyway but at the same time as terrible as the movie is there's like a lot of like uh 
like fun like wildlife stuff that they did with elephants and that was fun to watch so that that was silly we watched it it wasn't a good movie uh it's fine uh rob Lowe's son is in it but he plays the other person's son not his own son that's interesting too because he he is him <laughs> so it's very strange uh now i'm just picturing a small rob Lowe. exactly so that happened. We watched that movie and then um, did the thing where you sit there and the remote's just, just slightly out of reach. Just slightly. <laughs> so we let the next Christmas movie play, which was uh, The Princess Switch. I have seen that on Netflix. I haven't watched it, but I've seen it on there. Kim fell asleep immediately because like, we weren't intending to watch it. And for mm. whatever godforsaken reason, you watched the whole thing. I watched the whole thing. Uh, not good. But very entertaining for some reason. I don't know why. You know what it is? The whole time, I'm like, what is the relationship of these three main characters? <laughs> I don't understand. And uh, that, that that kept me going for the whole movie. <laughs> it was weird. Uh, and then follow that up with, we watched one more, which was actually fantastic, called Single All the Way on Netflix. I don't know if you heard about that one. I know of Jingle All the Way. No, this is, yeah, well, it's a great movie. Uh, Single All the Way, if you get a chance to watch it, great holiday vibes, really entertaining, very warm, lots of fun. Just a good, just a good Christmas movie. Like, we'll go back to. Interesting. Like that, I don't know if you saw Let It Snow. That's another one that I saw on Netflix last year that we actually rewatched this year. That was, we'll go back to. I don't believe it's in that one, no. Very entertaining. And, uh, on the, the the finale, I think I might have talked about this last week, but did I talk about 8-Bit Christmas? You talked about that last episode, Yeah, yes. okay. So we watched that, too. But um, that's that was a lot, but those are all the things that I've been consuming. I'm, I'm sure I've missed some. It's all right. Yeah. Um, I have talked about the things I've been watching, basically. I consumed food. I consumed The Expanse. Um, this is going to be your weekly full cast, shutdown full cast. <laughs> um, <laughs> it check up on this show because uh-huh. I was listening a little bit earlier today. I didn't get through the whole episode, but um, they've been for three weeks now previewing all of the bowl games that are being played in college football. And so have you heard about the strike for the Kellogg's brand? The workers have been striking. I, I you know, in passing. That's all you need. Just the existence of such a strike is all sure. I need to know from you. So um, there's been a lot of discussion of that online. And so there's a, are you familiar with like college football bowls? All of the bowls are sponsored by a brand typically. No. So like they're no longer the sponsor of this brand, even though it was the most perfect match made in heaven, but Tostitos used to host, used to sponsor the Fiesta Bowl, the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. It's a pretty perfect match made there. Right. But you know, it's always some sort of thing like that, like the AT&T Sugar Bowl or whatever. Like there's a million different versions of that. So not Kellogg's, but Tony the Tiger sponsored a bowl this year, and it maybe have for the last couple of years. I don't remember. They <laughs> they change every couple of years, a lot of times. Um, for whatever reason, you know, then they're riffing about that on the show. That like usually it's like, okay, I'm seeing the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. I might want to buy some Tostitos, right? Like that's uh-huh. generally the idea behind sponsoring something. <laughs> I want to buy a tiger. <laughs> But when I watch the, tos- the the Tony the Tiger whatever bowl, I don't want to acquire tigers. Can you? Why isn't it the Frosted uh, you, Flakes bowl or the Kellogg's bowl? 
you just wrapped up like that was the, the that's that's football for me. The Tony the Tigers whatever bowl. <laughs> yes. Well, I just I forget. That there's like forty no, bowls. No, that's great though. That's pretty much that's how I perceive football. <laughs> so anyway, they were kind of riffing on that, and people have been dunking on Kellogg's online because the the strike, and people have been dunking on the Tony the Tiger bowl because what the fuck? And don't you dunk in basketball? You, you're familiar with the. <laughs> Don't 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 make me explain that to Dunk-a-roos. you, please. Please don't make me explain that. To you. <laughs> it's actually Nabisco product. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that for a fact. It just felt right to rebut that. Um, I think it is. I think it is too. But um, didn't they used to have like a Nabisco? Absolutely. Like, yes. All right. <laughs> so I had heard, and anytime any of these brands or companies gets in trouble with the general populace. A lot of times they have to go dark because people will just put a tremendous hate campaign on a Twitter or Instagram account, right? Because they'll, it's some person is being paid $30,000 a year to tweet something occasionally. And people will just vociferously go after that account, that tweet, whatever. And it's like, you know, like the CEO doesn't see that. Right. (laughs) But like, I get why people do it. I I do get it. And I'm not saying that, that people shouldn't do that because if it gets loud enough, sometimes things do change. Not often enough, but sometimes things do change. Sure. But I heard during the course of them riffing on this that Tony the Tiger's Twitter account... Tiger is General Mills, just thought you should know. Ah, the other one. Okay. It also has the Betty Crocker spoon mm-hmm. on it. I guess that's also General Mills. <laughs> <laughs> if you say so. Um, <laughs> the uh, So Tony the Tiger's Twitter account had to be deactivated some time ago. Having nothing to do with the strike, actually, but because every time Tony the Tiger would tweet, a avalanche of furries would reply asking to fuck Tony the Tiger. Oh my god! And I was listening to that today. It was a good thing I wasn't driving because I would have crashed my car. <laughs> <laughs> and it was great because one of them said that matter of factly, like this is a thing that everyone knows. Like you know. The sky is blue, or the sun rises (laughs) in the east, or furries get extremely horny online for Tony the Tiger. Just these are the things that we all know. Yeah, yeah. The other two people almost died. That's great. On the show, and I almost died too, listening to the show. And I was like, "That you know what? That's our weekly check-in on the shutdown full cast. You get something like that. Sometimes (laughs) it's Antioch the birthday spider. Sometimes it's Tony the Tiger." being chased online by extremely horny furries. Some, you know, it's oh just whatever. It's so good. It's so good. You're going to become a college football fan just to listen it to just this podcast. Just to watch the, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> what nonsense. I love it. That's really funny though. <laughs> I, uh, I believe it. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? No. It sounds like the internet. Is that all you're consuming? Oh, I have one other consumption note. Um, the, actually, I don't know if we, we must have talked about it on the show at some point. I know I talked about it with you and Brian separately. Um, Gears and Beers. We have concluded the Gears series finally, and we are on to Halo. We began Halo Reach. We're doing the Halo Master Chief Collection. Played all the way through. Wait, what are you talking about? Gears and Beers? I, I know I talked about it with you and Brian via text. Um, I feel like I missed this. You may have missed it. Me and Brian <laughs> were definitely talking about it. So me and Dominic and a couple of his friends have been meeting weekly to play through the entire Gears of War series while drinking oh. beers. It's Gears and Beers. Oh, I like that. 
we play, you know, we play co-op through the campaign. And that's awesome. You know, when you die, you pass off the controller to someone else and, you know, you keep going. And it's like a uh, lot of fun. We went through all of the gear series and now we started the Master Chief collection. Fantastic. We're playing it chronologically. So we started with Reach. Okay. And uh, we're like halfway through Reach and we'll uh, keep going. Nice. Nice. I recently played through all of the Halo games. Nice. In preparation for Infinite, which I absolutely adore. Yeah, I'd like to get to it and I wish I could have got to it before this Game of the Year podcast that Brian wants to do, but it's just not going to happen. Sure. Sure. That's really fun. Did you, you played, I didn't play Gears 5. I played like a little bit of it with Brian and we never finished it. Yeah, I had played the original three when they were released. Mm-hmm. Um, I ne- I had never played Judgment, which was the prequel one. And then I never played four or five. So we played all of them. I will never forget playing. I think, it, well, this is funny to say. I will never forget. And then I don't remember the name of it. I, I sh- I'll never forget the experience. I think it was the second one where I was playing co-op and the well you you'll know because you just played through it the co-op character dies dom yes that was in three that was three okay so gears three dies and the person i'm playing with is like well what now (laughs) 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 which is pretty great um my man gears gears is fun gears entertaining i'm i love me some halo though pretty pretty jazzed up for you to play through all those games now, how far have you made it into Halo in the past? So, I played the original three. Mm-hmm. I think I made it roughly through Reach, and I just never finished Reach for whatever reason. Okay. And then I never played four or five. Cool. Are you also going to play ODST? Are you going to play everything in the Master Chief Collection? Probably, yeah. Okay, cool. That's awesome. That'll be a lot of fun. I know I watched Dominic play parts of ODST. I don't think I ever actually played it in any way. Word. Are you guys going to play Halo Wars as well? Or are you just sticking to the Master Chief Collection? Just the Master Chief Collection and then 6 or Infinite, whatever. Sure. Cool. Awesome. I'm excited for you. That sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, I had a movie pick, but we don't have to do it if, you, if, you're, if you're not up for it. Well, it's 11.38 no. and we still have a movie and the bobus feature Yeah, fit, okay. I'll so. hold on to it for next week. Yes, you can you can keep your turn for next week. Sound well then I dare say with that, it's time for our flick of the week. Just Friends, released in 2005, rated PG 13 with an one hour and thirty-six minute runtime. Your IMDB synopsis. While visiting his hometown during Christmas, a man comes face to face with his old high school crush, whom he was best friends with. A woman whose rejection of him turned him into a ferocious womanizer. That plot is missing a lot. <laughs> For a movie that doesn't have a big plot, <laughs> that just seems kind of not right. Yeah, because you're missing two huge aspects of the other hangers-ons in this romantic quadrangle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway... We'll, we'll get back to that. Al, what's your hot take? Um, I'm glad that you phrased it that way because I didn't really ever get a tweet length review out of here. And I had kind of had a bit planned and the dictionary isn't agreeing with me. I was expecting a better definition for a word. because I was going to just read you the, de- the definition of the word farce because uh. this movie is pretty farcical. And I didn't really like any of the definitions. Like not that I like, not that my definition of the word is incorrect, but just didn't kind of, hit the notes I wanted it to mm. thematically. 
if you will. Um, so this movie is a farce. I don't mean that in a negative way. Okay. It's just absurd. It's patently absurd. Oh, absolutely. Um, and why didn't Anna Faris get nominated for an Oscar in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bubble. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's your score? Um, I don't know. Let's give it a six and a half out of ten. All right, cool. Uh, just take a deep breath and understand where I'm coming from. With my score. Few movies are laugh out loud funny every single time you watch them. While some of the cruder jokes and shticks may not age well, Just Friends will always hold a special place in my heart as my number one Christmas. 10 out of 10 retainers. Oh, wow. I love this movie so much, and every single time I watch it, I crack up. And while I think I remember every line and every bit, one that has slipped through the cracks will come back, and I'll just be floored again. Might I say, this time, it was, picture this, <laughs> we're in the bar. Chris is talking to Palomino. Samantha's in the back. Chris, 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 I'm busy. I'm busy, you stupid dick. <laughs> For whatever reason, <laughs> that was the line that got me this time. <laughs> but I just, I just... Love it. It's so funny. It's so Ryan Reynolds. I do, I admit, there are there are a handful of jokes that don't age well. Yeah. Um, that being said, I'm not saying it's, 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 I'm not saying it's excusable, but there is something about that those jokes are delivered in the stupid brother versus brother dynamic that they have going on the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And it just makes it really funny. It just makes, it's very, it's just really... It's over the top, it's complete nonsense, and it's so much fun to watch, especially if you're watching it with others. Yeah, no, me and my sister watched this. Um, I did enjoy the movie. It was really funny. Mm-hmm. It's not... Let me be clear. Movie. It's not a 10 out of 10. It is a 10 yeah. out of 10 for me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. It's, it's not a good movie. It is an entertaining movie. There's mm-hmm. no question about mm-hmm. that. Um, you mentioned the brother dynamic. Yeah, it's funny because growing up, obviously, it's a little different. Like you and your sister probably fought some physically, especially when you were younger. But she kicked my first tooth out of my face. I was not aware of that. <laughs> um, I'm not. It's not to say that me and my brother never had physical altercations, but I was four and a half years older than him, and innately, I always knew that like I I can't ever really go all the way because I'm gonna kill him. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just wasn't fair like i'm not saying that we never like but we never like punched each other in the face or anything like it ended up more being like you know you'd kind of smack someone or like you know it's like a you jab someone in the ribs type of thing or whatever like it's just like yeah quick jab and like it's it's done it's not like knockdown dragon fights it's not grappling it's not you know for the most part it wasn't any like punch each other in the face you didn't hit each other in the nuts none of that stuff um, I, it's this thing I've seen in movies and TV a lot of times. Like, I can't imagine real life is like that for most people. I, like, I, I'm not saying everyone lived their sibling rivalry the way that we did, but that it cracked me up in this movie. They yeah. just beat the ever loving shit out of each other, dude. That there's that one scene where he he like I don't know what he does to Mike that he ends up on the floor and he's trying to climb back up by like leaning on the couch and he like stomps on his lower spine. Yeah, he started doing the thing that, like, 
villain like henchmen do to like <laughs> people in violent movies like yeah. things that like could possibly permanently incapacitate you yeah i think the first in the first fight doesn't he rip his underwear clean off yeah i think so maybe oh my god uh, that sounds familiar. oh my god yeah it's it's really intense although i jumping sticking on this for a minute so like yeah we get the they have their slap fights which are great yeah. they have that one fight where chris just wins where he he stomps on Mike and then afterwards he like he's like doing something with something in the house like as if nothing happened. Does he like he like knocked him unconscious one time, doesn't he? I think so. Yeah. Uh and then after all that said and done, uh at the very like like one of their last interactions, Mike comes in, his brother comes in, and he's like they like they were like I had just recently called a truce and he hands him a Christmas cookie and they both just eat their cookies. Well, that like, was the weird part, I right? Lo- it's like, I love you, love you too. <laughs> they, they like savagely beat the shit out of each other, like really, really crossing the line several times. Um, played for laughs, and then like still sometimes like, like the the mother says something, and like they kind of like stop, right? And like the, there's the yeah, gives each other a cookie, like yeah. they they call it truce, like they have like a really heartfelt moment. At got one me point, cookie, like, got you cookie. <laughs> <laughs> gave me cookie, gave you cookie. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, so funny. His brother's such an ass. He's so he's such a perv too. Yeah, he's a huge perv. He's a gigantic idiot. Oh yeah. I mean, like the phone calls like each time that something goes wrong with what with with Anna Faris. I, yeah. I, I don't remember small any of the characters named. Yeah, it's, Samantha it's James. Small prof. Samantha, that's right. Small prop. <laughs> she falls off the balcony. It's <laughs> injured. I forgot what was the. Did she get into a fight at like the, the club or something? Or she, the like, metal club, yeah. She like dives yeah. off the stage. Yeah, she she she, she dives off the stage. Oh my god! <laughs> and then like fast forward to they're outside of the Palomino's house while they're stringing up the lights, and Anna Faris comes barreling in with the with the family oh car, my god. and the brother again small problem after she has just like throat punched Chris, and he's like hey. <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and he looks up and sees that the lights are starting to whip around because they're attached to the car and everything's getting pulled down. Oh, but there's so much, there's so much brutally violent comedy that has no consequence. Yeah, it's like a cartoon, and I love it. Yeah, it's exactly what it, it is. A Wiley e. Coyote Roadrunner situation for sure. Because they like light all those like Christmas decorations on fire. Yeah, you know what's the best part about that? So, like, everything's crashing around him, right? Like, the lights are coming down, Santa's on fire, things are falling off the roof. Everybody's running and panicking. And he, I, the best part of that scene for me is that he is just standing still. <laughs> He's just letting it all happen around him. And then He's in the it, eye of the to, storm. To the one point where the Christmas lights should come, like, swinging and they're about to clothesline everybody. And he just, like sweeps the leg of the grandma so that she doesn't get hit by the light. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's too much because like you don't like on the surface like you really don't know what to expect from this movie. No, I, this, I think the shock value is part of it. Yeah, it's it's totally absurdist in that like things are going kind of like rom-com normal-ish at times mm-hmm. and then they just turn up to 11 out of nowhere. Yeah. Whether it be one of the fights with the brother or something like that where it's like just goes totally nuts or the hockey game oh, where yeah, hockey game. he goes berserk and then ends up on a stretcher. Hey, kid, I'm a really good skater. <laughs> yeah. And well, the stretcher comes sliding down. St- <laughs> the stretcher comes backwards and he lands on his face. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It's so, 
It's, you know what it is? It's Home Alone levels of violent. Yeah, at times, yeah. Oh my goodness, so good. I, uh, so we kick off the movie in, the, in, in high school, senior year, right? And, and Chris is very overweight, uh, wearing a ridiculous <laughs> fat suit. It's Fat Schmidt. Like, that's where they got the idea for Fat It's Schmidt, definitely right? Fat Schmidt. Absolutely. And uh, as, a, as a former fat, currently less fat, but still, I find it very funny. Yes. And I, I, I eat it up. Especially the way that he uses, like, he, like, uses the makeup and the body to, like, for, like, just to tremendous effect. Like, the way that he'll turn his head to just create more roles and like do like extra shocked looks on his face. Yeah, because he keeps so intentionally weird. doing that thing with his jaw that makes him have eighteen chins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, he's he he cracks me up. And then of course, you know, uh, we we start off with him singing, right, doing the lip sync. Yeah. But we well, also what close was the, the movie. Uh, it's I swear. Oh, that's right. No, because it's funny because I. The, the briefest of Diane Kruger is watch that movie. And then like two days later, I was like, just had a TV on in the background and there's a commercial for a laundry detergent. I want to say, and that song is playing in it. And I'm like, no, I haven't heard that song in forever. And now I hear it in two consecutive like days or you know two out of three days in this randomly thrown into this movie. And then randomly in this detergent commercial. I don't think that that's a brief one. That's a, that's a, that is a straight up Diane Kruger. No, no, I'm in a brief one and just like how I delivered the story. Oh, okay. I thought like, you meant like a Kruget. No. Uh that yeah, that's the that's and then at the end to to go through the whole song. And like really like it he makes goes me like all in on it. Like the different like the backtracks within the song very it, it made me it made me a little uncomfortable because he's doing the face thing with the jaw. Yeah. And like he's like really animated and singing the song and like the sync doesn't really match up that great. Yeah. But also, he's totally committed to the bit, and he mm-hmm. keeps making awkward eye contact with the camera. What does he play? Like he, he plays a clarinet at one point. I'm pretty sure, or like a trumpet. Uh, did he? I don't remember. He might. Have, yeah. Well, like fake, like air, like an air. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, he probably did. I don't remember. Oh my goodness! So so ridiculous. The, the the whole concept though is like it's like a it's a great. It's got like that great '90s high school movie vibe too, like with the the mix up of the letter and somebody getting the hands on it and reading it out loud. Like while I can't. Name the movies. I know that that's happened a number of times in like mean those girls? types of movies. Wasn't that a Mean Girls thing? Sure, like the year before. But um, I don't know. I just think like it's so great. Like he writes this. He writes this 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 love letter to Jamie in her yearbook, and uh, yes, the the yearbooks get mixed up because that really gross douche guy comes in. Which seeing him again at the end as just this complete turd, washed up, like mess of a human being that's still in the town wearing his letterman jacket is hilarious uh with the line do you have five dollars i could like have <laughs> like that was her that was her ex-boyfriend it was yeah it was the guy that it was the same guy i think that comes into the room the one that takes his yearbook thinking that it's his that it's his own yearbook <sighs> So that wasn't the one who reads it, right? Yeah, that was her boyfriend at the time, wasn't it? Not that he wasn't. They weren't together at the time. They had like hooked up a few, like in the past. Okay, but but he's but, also early. He's in the movie at, at another point, right, where he's like at the bar and he like kind of recognizes him. That yeah, that's it. That's the really? that's the line. Can I have five dollars? Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Which in that moment, so he goes, "Do you have five dollars? I can like have." That is 
one of the times where they'll, there's a lot of times where they'll do some words off screen that if you're not paying attention to, like you, you could just miss it or like, Chris Ryan Reynolds character will just like he'll like mumble things but like you don't see his lips moving because he's facing away but like there's like these little one-liners that are in the movie that are just so funny but after he does that he walks off screen and the scene continues and you just hear in the background here's your money bitch (laughs) (laughs) what is going on (laughs) it's a bad gambling debt (laughs) it's so it's so stupid uh I so he you know he runs away right uh, I'll I'll show you all. Leaves town, goes to L.A., becomes this music producer, rich. Uh, gets in ridiculous shape compared to where he was at. And then we, I know that it's a bit part, but his boss being played by uh the guy from Dodgeball. And oh the, yeah, Stephen Root. He's Steven disgusting Root. in this movie. Oh my god, lobster! I want lobster. Go. <laughs> I hated him so much. (laughs) (laughs) He's terrible. But uh, if you don't make me happy, I'll find somebody else to make me happy. (laughs) (laughs) There's something else creepy he says in that scene. I'm just like, oh, he's fucking going. His pants make me look fat. Uh, You're fired. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But even like, Sandy wants a lobster. Is that the the line that made you uncomfortable? (laughs) No, there, there, I think there was something else. I don't know. The, the, I mean, the whole scene made it uncomfortable. I thought there was another specific line, but may, maybe not. Uh, there was, like, getting back to the idea of this being a farce, when he when he sends him on assignment to go get Samantha James, right? Mm-hmm. He goes into the recording studio. They do the whole thing where she can't hear him, he can't her, yeah. hear her, but she keeps just going, and he's trying to just weather the storm. Ah, like, light bulb. <laughs> funny sight gag, right? That's You've seen that a million times. Yep. I'm so confused by the whole nature of their relationship, how there could have been a relationship as much as he seems to have gravitated towards vapid and like totally meaningless relationships. He seems to hate this woman. Like everyone else, like he kind of just whatever is them and like that blase emo, like uh, I'm above it all type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He really doesn't like her. Yeah. <laughs> I really wanted to know what caused their breakup or how it literally <laughs> happened because she just wa- runs and starts dry humping him. Yeah, she takes his pants right off. Yeah, and I'm just like, what is the nature of this relationship that they could be on such opposite ends of the spectrum where she isn't put off by the fact that what he's been ignoring her for a year or three, yeah. that she's going to just walk right into fucking him right now as if nothing happened. There was no resentment there, even though from his perspective, he's literally oozing resentment and hatred. Yeah. And like, she can't read that room. Like, She's super dumb, right? But you think, at least in the matters of the heart, we'll call them. Uh-huh. She might like be able to get the gist of. Like, she may not be able to conceptualize why anyone wouldn't want to be with her, right? Because she's sure. the amazing Samantha James. But like, he very clearly wants nothing I to do with her. I'm an artist. <laughs> well, there's that whole thing too. The forgiveness is not just saying you're sorry. It's more than saying sorry. Uh, that's what it was. I was close enough. I. <laughs> uh, Oh my god. Yeah, so <laughs> actually the first time we see her is actually in the, his boss's room on the TV yes. where she's uh, oh god, advocating she's doing the charity thing. Vegetarianism oh. in third world countries, right? It's a very, yeah, very important like issue. Um, terrible. And then, so so he's got to take her to Paris. He's got to schmooze her. He's 
got to make her feel love so that they can get the record deal, whatever. Uh, the amount of eye rolls and sighs and sagging shoulders, just terrible. All of the worst body language you could possibly imagine. Yep. Totally over her head. Mm-hmm. They get on the plane. He's reading a newspaper trying to ignore her. Upside down, right? It might have been upside down at one point, but also... He like crumples it on his face. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and also, weirdly, a bit of good writing there, where on the newspaper there's the thing about how there's record colds in the Northeast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or record Which snow is like an cold. attention to detail that you absolutely do not need to have, but good for you. Frankly, I'm confused by. Yeah. <laughs> some, somebody, some intern is really putting the effort in. <laughs> yes. Um, that whole thing ends up leading to, well, first of all, when she goes to, he, <laughs> she offers him. Sushi. Yeah. On the plane. He's like, God, no. She gets up and walks to the microwave. And I'm, said out loud, disgusting. Why is she microwaving sushi and also oh, that's oh, It wasn't well. sushi. It was just that it was ahi tuna. Uh, well, I mean, ahi tuna, sushi, same thing. Tomato, tomato. No. <laughs> I mean, a- ahi tuna is a form of raw fish, so. It's a tuna. It's, a- ahi tuna is not fully cooked. It's a t- right. It's a type of tuna, though. It's not like it's it's not the preparation, no, it, isn't it? It's a type of preparation. Yes. Is that the way you crisp the outside? Yes, and don't. Oh, okay, it so just warming it up. Yeah, that is weird that you microwave it. Yeah, yeah. That was what I was getting at. Is like, why would you microwave this intentionally, partially, or undercooked? Because some I tuna is not even cooked at all. It's just, or sorry, I'm thinking of poke, which I guess is kind of overlapping. Yeah, right? I, it's like seared. I think with like seeds on it, right? I yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, it was like, why is she putting that in the microwave? Oh, God, why is she putting that in the microwave in tinfoil? Yep. And that the, leads to one the, of my favorite lines. The Tupperware said microwave said. <laughs> what, well, at least one of my favorite things, right? Because they get into the whole thing, the argument or whatever. And she goes, I think you planned this whole thing. And he goes, yes, I planned you setting the plane on fire. <laughs> Jersey. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it. Uh, meeting the mom for the first time, who is a fantastic character, mind you. Not that she's given very much to do. No, but when she but she she crushes every scene that she's in. Uh, the the shriek that she gives when when uh, when Chris arrives and rings the doorbell, followed by the cry, is so uncomfortable to watch, yet so entertaining. I mean, like he hasn't seen his mom in a decade he hasn't been home in a decade but he yeah but it feels like that extends to the point of like i think i think they say it was like three three years ago he flew them out or something okay Uh, but like like i guess they don't talk really yeah (laughs) i don't oh my god but like that but the mom cracks me up every little line that she has because like they're so they're so innocent right like when uh so mike walks in while they're all sitting there and uh, obviously, he he slaps Chris and then goes and sits next to Samantha. And uh, he said, I slapped ham to her like an hour ago. Which ham? Not the ham I just bought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of those conversations go over the mother's head. <laughs> my, favorite, my favorite is when Chris is on the phone and she starts dialing. Uh, hello, uh, I'm on the phone. Joyce? No, mom. What are you doing at Joyce's? <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> that, that's 
that's 15 years ago. And for the time, right? Like, I guess that was an issue with the technology and with like adults, older adults, parents sure. dealing with technology. Like, we struggle sometimes to teach our parents how to use like smartphones and computers and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it's like, landlines have existed for a hundred yeah. years and you couldn't even figure out landlines, which you had your entire life. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. I love it so much. But yeah, she's just, she just really cracked me up. Carol. Uh, I, I lost hang on one second. Please please hold. I so I keep closing my notes out entirely, which is not what I intend to do. Um for something like this. Yeah, so me, me we go to the bar, right? We meet Clark and Darla. The old well, we re meet Clark and Darla. They're there in the beginning. He only says hello to them in the opening scenes, like at the party. They yeah, and like they kinda like, Oh exchange. my god, it's happening. Yeah, yeah. like oh, he's gonna tell her tonight. Because um, they they he was under the impression that 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 party in the beginning was only going to be the four of them. Yeah, um, which miscalculation. Right. <laughs> He's not very good with calculation. He's no allow. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Clark and Darla. Uh, your names are Clark and Darla. The when Samantha kisses Darla before going to the bathroom, the look on her <laughs> face is so funny. She's just, Darla's like, ah, uh, like, like, Clark's face is hilarious. He's just, like, got this stupid shit-eating grin on his face. And Darla's like, I don't know what just happened to me. <laughs> but I, I love one of the, I, I will say this to Kim multiple times throughout the year. So really, one of the lines that cracks her up from this movie and me as well is at the, she called the callback at the end when uh, Samantha is at uh, Chris's apartment. Or house, and it's like, is this is about other girls. You can date other girls. I like other girls. And Darla, <laughs> <laughs> it just gets me every time. There's so many of those deliveries that really just, I mean, I, and I that's where help. I was getting at. Where I'm, I'm only slightly being sarcastic. That like, like usually a big performance isn't going to be nominated, and like certainly nothing from a comedy, but like. She's done a lot of dumb, ditzy roles and nothing like this. Like, the commitment to the bit, like, full-blown, she doesn't feel like she's mailing in any of no. that. It's an 11 or maybe even a 12 at times. When she gets the concussion or whatever, oh my and God. she's just eating the toothpaste, yeah. and then the she, like, well, she, she kisses him on the cheek and just yeah, like, like squirts it out. the toothpaste. Oh, my God. And both of them, his face throughout that whole scene, her, like, in slow motion, like space cadet, like I'm not really even here because of the level of con- concussion that I have. But like, how do you piece that together, right? Like that scene, like yeah, I agree with you, Oscar worthy. Like that's like the like putting that together of like, okay, we're gonna walk in. Here's the scene. You have hit your head. Okay, so like they wrap her up. They have the ice pack, the thing around her head. And she's eating the toothpaste and just turns to the camera and goes, "I'm a bubble." <laughs> and there's there's actually a there's a there's a whole cut of them trying to shoot that scene and both characters just breaking. Oh, I would love to actually see that scene. I think that'd be hysterical. Because I'm I'm wondering like what's the prompt for that scene? Okay, you hit your head. We are gonna like do your makeup to make you look like you hit your head. We want you to just go nuts, improvise. Okay, here's a prop, and they handed her a tube of toothpaste. Like, what? Yeah. How did that scene come to fruition? Uh, All the stuff on the plane, 
insane. All the stuff b- before that, like I said, where she just jumps on him and is trying to fuck him, like standing there, like just ludicrous. All the stuff where he's dragging her to the car, the whole physical comedy of her, of him inexorably dragging her to the car, her fighting back kind of half-heartedly, but also kind of for real. I don't want to do this. It's going to be great for your career. Okay, go. Somehow she manages to put all of that behind her and like earnestly give it a chance, whether it be at the mm-hmm. mall. She's doing character study. Like, what do the people want or whatever it is that she's like, or what do they feel? What are they, what are they thinking? At the metal concert. Mall she's people terrible... come and go. Mall people, they just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> when she goes nuclear, the whole fucking temper tantrum at the bar, all of it, it's just like, yep. how do you do all of that? Like, take yourself seriously and do all of that. Yeah, that's amazing. It's, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I'd just be curious. Like, I know, like, I watched that one blooper scene, right? But, like, I'd be curious how much footage has been lost in trying to make this movie because there's no way, like, these were, like, these weren't first takes, right? There was definitely, like, other lines that they threw out there to try. Like, I would love to watch it all. I would, I would, I would eat it up. Well, I was hearing something about that recently. With it was Adam McKay was doing an interview, and he was talking about making Anchorman or Step Brothers. I forget which one. And um, oh, sorry, it was, it was, I think it was Step Brothers. And talking about you know there would be certain days where like Will Ferrell and like John C. Reilly would come to and say, "Hey, listen, like we've had a tough few days. We've got some really good stuff. Can we go a little like easy on like the improv like?" today or whatever he's like yeah sure we'll go we'll go easy and then just like slowly coaxing and haranguing them into doing it by like okay well yeah maybe just try try this and try that or like like how do you do that how do you keep up that energy in those scenes like you know show up and because it's not all just obviously the actor sometimes it requires the prompt right like i said is it just okay you had a concussion all right what am i doing just act crazy okay what does that mean I don't know, take this tube of toothpaste. Like, even if something as simple as that, just given that one little nudge, right, you can make comedic gold that way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so, that's so ridiculous. I was, I feel like it was, uh, oh, it was, I was listening to an interview with, um, oh, wow, wow I can't think of his, his actual name. I can only think of his name in the show. Uh, Jason Menzoukas. Mm-hmm. Right. And how he's like, you know, he's big on improv and like throwing out his stuff, his own lines and pulling it together. And there is the interview was about uh, an, a time that he was on Brooklyn Nine-Nine and the direction that he like, he, you know, he, he's basically like, go in there and be you like for this scene. Like, just do your do your ridiculous Jason Menzoukas shtick for the scene. And he's like, the only prompt that he asks for is like, how far am I allowed to move? <laughs> <laughs> It's like meanwhile he's like acting opposite somebody who like takes their craft like really seriously and like learns the lines and like tries to work out the best ways to deliver that right punch and like he's just bouncing around the scenery, <laughs> which is just like a pinball. But uh, it's just so it's so funny. I would love to watch some of that stuff unfold. It's just like it would be so entertaining. But uh, it's just really it's just really too much. There's one um, there's one another scene that got me this time around that like I. I don't know if I like had never just like didn't pick up on it in the past, but uh, uh, Chris and Clark go to the Palomino's house and ask to see Jamie, and the dad's like, "She's run off with Mister Lee," and Clark goes, "The guy from the dry cleaner," and and, and Chris just goes, 
Look look the look that he shoots. <laughs> but uh, I love that whole uh, I love the Dusty Dingleman character and how terrible he is. Yeah, so it's funny cuz when they show him during like the high school scene, I didn't even recognize him. Mm-hmm. And then he shows up I was like, "Wait, wait, that was that guy?" Yeah. Oh my god, and Chris Clyde, I didn't even realize he's in the movie. Um so different from any of the other characters I've seen him play, which admittedly isn't a very long list, but like, sure. right, he's like kind of the quiet, soft-spoken guy in American Pie who's uh-huh. like the athlete, and he's doing a bad Keanu Reeves impression from mm-hmm. like parenthood, and this is, he's disgusting. He's disgusting. He's horrible. He goes, though, he is just a crescendo, though. Like, his character just goes crazy like it gets more and more nuts as the movie goes on like from being quirky dusty dingleman playing the guitar trying and and not being able to do it to like this player guy to like well it's great because he you know he shows up right and he's still kind of that same guy or so he seems but he reminded me of like owen wilson to meet the parents yeah right? that, that's how he presents himself at the beginning right when mm-hmm. he always shows up He's so caring as the as the EMT or uh-huh. whatever, and or was he a firefighter? I guess I, I forget. EMT, um, yeah. And um, you know, oh, you know, let's you know, take go to the movies with them, and oh, you should bring your mom and all this stuff. Carol, <laughs> and it turns into him being a thousand times worse than Stifler, right? Like you know, because oh, yeah. like there's a whole thing with him and Stifler being friends or whatever, and he's like the other side of that like jock spectrum in the in the American Pie movies and he's disgusting. Like he's yeah. groping a nurse at the hospital. Oh God, and- but in that scene though, when he sits down next to the guy, like I, I assume is a stroke victim that is holding a juice and he takes the juice and he has a sip of it and Clark oh goes Oh my god, I forgot about that. Clark's like, it's the man's juice. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it leads into that uh that scene in the bar at the end where he's like um where Jamie's like, me and Dusty are just friends. And he's like, not for long, I hope. And she's like, yeah, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, well, you know, like, what kind of, like, she's like, I just don't have those sort of feelings for you. And he's like, well, what kind of girl would you be? I mean, I wrote you that song. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God. And then, but then he goes. Well, and that's the- after, after already you've seen like, the the psychotic shit that he does in the church. Oh my God. Where would you he's like to play- the carol celebrating the birth of our Lord? Yeah. <laughs> He snaps on him, but then like <laughs> he like incites the kids to attack him, and he's like plays like the wounded victim, and then behind everyone's back, he's mocking him to his yeah. face. He's, he's yeah. so disgusting. It's, it's ridiculous. But like in that final scene, though, after he says that, and he goes, "F this, I'm mobile," and he like poorly moonwalks back, and he slaps a girl's butt, and the boyfriend's like, "Hey," and he goes, "What?" and he <laughs> and he goes. Ah. And it just walks off the screen. He's like, disgusting. Really, really I needed a shower nice. after watching this movie. He's so disgusting. <laughs> it's so great. Oh my goodness. He's just that that whole thing is just too much. Like, like another one, like all these characters are so over the top. Yeah. And it's just it's too much. Um another scene that I love, uh, Chris and Jamie are at the diner. The waitress that has served them over the years notices them. It's like, oh my god. Brings it their usual, 
And uh, she goes, oh, the chubby bunny, and pinches his cheek, and he grabs his fork, and he pokes from their hand. He's like, get out of my personal space. <laughs> I just love that. And then they, uh, uh, he's, like, super rude to her. And uh, he's like, I can't, eat, I can't eat these pancakes. He's like, I haven't had sugar in 10 years. You know what this would do to my system? And he's like, stop being such a baby. Have my sandwich. I'll eat your pancakes. And he just takes his water and he goes, I'll just have my water. And takes a sip. I'm stuffed. <laughs> He's such an asshole in those scenes. Honestly, like, it's one of those things where, okay, he's trying to do the thing of, okay, I was the overly accessible, overly exuberant, fat friend, and now I'm the disconnected and too cool for school, hot. It's the coast. Yeah, like, all that stuff, like, you know, like, you don't be connected to anything because then you're going to be, like, what he was in high school again, whatever. When that approach doesn't work after the first, like, 90 seconds, you'd think he would stop and say he doubles and triples down for, like, yeah. the whole rest of the time they're together. And it's like, how she doesn't storm off at some point in there? And honestly, this is one of those, of like, you know, most rom-coms, honestly, as entertaining as they are, and as, as like, kind of, like, mushy as some of them can be, most of them, at the end of them, when you really think about it, it's like, how, how did they end up together? They were terrible at each other for, like, a lot of this movie. Mm-hmm. And... Like, there's a moment or two of chemistry in this, but they are largely so wildly incompatible, the whole movie. Yeah. And he so doesn't ever actually really earn her affection. Right. I don't get... Like, that's probably the part that doesn't age well the most, like, 15 years later. And he just said some nice things about her in a letter. Yeah, he was terrible to her for weeks... Yeah. Or whatever, and then says some nice things briefly to her, (laughs) and, like, they're gonna be happily ever after after that? I want to marry you and have babies with you. <laughs> I'd be like, Psycho, yep. get out of here. Yep. Yep. I, uh, after that first bad date, though, when he drops her off home, walks to the door and does, I kind of, we got caught in this. She, I went in for a kiss. She went on a hug. And then I just shook her entire body. What <laughs> <laughs> she does, I was like, I was like, almost fell off the couch cringing. That, yep. like, what are you doing? Also, how terrible that's all gone. How did he think even in a million years that's where you should go in for the kiss? It's not even like they went out and they had some laughs yeah. or whatever. Like they went for a it was bad lunch date. A bad lunch date. Oh my God. When he goes back to the car though and he's it's the deep south. It's the deep south. <laughs> and he's like talking to himself and he's like, what is wrong with you? And notices that she's there by his window. It's so, like, there are so many moments where he's doing something like that where you, what, you said cringeworthy before, like, what you are, like, you, like, crawl back inside yourself. You're like, oh, my God, this is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The, the car, he, like, it's the it's the coldest winter the Northeast has seen in years and the most snow. He rents a fucking Porsche. And then yep. the when the windows get left open and the whole car gets frozen. <laughs> oh, my God. Mom! I almost had an anxiety attack just watching that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh my goodness. I just it's so it I love it so much. It just cracks me up. One of the, another scene that always gets me is when he goes home after everything falls apart and he gets out of like there's something to the shtick of him like he's got his suitcase with him that he's you know, he was thrown off the bus when he was like, Hey, pull my finger and the bus driver throws him out. And then the suitcase follows him. That suitcase is with him the entire time. And he yeah. gets all the way home and he gets up to his apartment and he just casually throws it off the cliff. 
Oh yeah, and I, I don't, I and mean, you hear it like crash below and set a car alarm off. But like the idea that he carried, that he took the suitcase the whole way and then just chucks it off the side, I, I don't know what it is about that style of comedy, but it just, it just cracks me. I guess the shock value. I don't yeah, know what because it it's like, like yeah, how does it make it through this journey? And then yeah, he just throws like, it's like you don't want whatever the stuff that you have inside of there. Like you throw that like, and even that scene. When it, it it all comes around, he's in the the house. What was it? The guitar that was sitting there, and yeah. I was like, "Oh my god!" I, I, I after all of this, somehow I kind of forgot she's in this movie, yeah. or that. And they do like the double back. dolly zoom, like like where the background is moving at a different pace as him as it's zooming in as he's realizing that she's in the house, and yeah. she screams and scares the crap out of him. I, you know what I love about that scene? Well, actually, one, to, she really sticks it sticks to it with a character like not being even remotely aware that Chris is not into her. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, she's like, we're going to be the best duo since Jessica Simpson and her father, except we can do <sighs> it. And they can't because it's illegal. I looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, she's going on and on and on. And he just stands up and walks over to her slowly and grabs both of her lips and goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then she takes, uh, oh, the tase scene. That's Jim Carrey level body humor. Yeah. The way that he like shakes and drops himself to the floor and then brings her down too. Amazing. So well done. <laughs> yes. I mean, generally any sort of comedy movie that deploys a taser is gonna be for the better. Yeah, but the I way mean, he I... the way that he does it though. Oh, sure. So good. Well, I'm just thinking, have you ever not left at a taser scene in a comedy? Like hangover oh, when they yeah. go to the school and they get tasered or like meet the Fockers when he's tasing him like sure. over and over again, and then he he just jams the thing into Robert De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, good taser! I like a good taser scene. That's for sure. I love this movie so much, Al. I watch it every year. It's a Christmas tradition for me. Yeah, I might have to start adding it into the rotation. Oh, after this see, year. nothing makes me happier, Al. No, I did enjoy it. It's just when I was done watching it, and it's like a quick movie too. It's, I'm yeah. like. I kind of felt like I got like rocked in the jaw. I'm like, what? Yep. I watch right now. <laughs> yeah. It's great. It's great. Do you have anything else on this one? No, I think that's good for this one. All right. Well, that's all for this week's episode of Flicks in the Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to discuss, nope. If you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss. See, I used to write this thing down and read it. Mm-hmm. And then it felt weird reading it. And then it got to the point where... I just realized I was saying it the same way over and over again. And now when I screw it up, it completely throws me off. That's the end of the episode. (laughs) Boba's feature fed out. The book of Boba Fett is out. Yeah, you know Today. how I figured that out? Because I got home from work at like just after three, which is nice. And I was like, oh, wow, I got some time before dinner. Can maybe start reading some of my next book or whatever. And scrolling through Twitter while I'm like sitting there. And I was like, oh my God, the book of Boba Fett came out today. I totally forgot about that. Yep. I guess I know what I'm doing now. Hell yeah. But I went upstairs, I threw in the book of Boba Fett, and I texted you. About the book Boba Fett. Um, I actually have a title for this from my consuming notes. And 
it was <clears throat> instead of calling this the book of Boba Fett, we should call it the bureaucracy of Boba Fett. Sure. Because that's <laughs> the first episode is largely consumed with is um, what are the specifics that go into taking over an empire? Yeah. Like not the fun stuff, not the conquering stuff, the politics. Yep. And, and I don't say that insultingly, the bureaucracy of Boba Fett, but like, that's what they're doing, right? Like, yes. How do we do with the tribute flowing? How do we make nice with all the people? How do we make them make nice with us? All that stuff. What what are the right ways to do this? Where do we get a new secretary, aka the protocol droid? All that fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's it. It was it was almost, it was comical. Um, so all the stuff you don't think about. But uh, no, was, I I really enjoyed it. I production value was strong. Um, Lots of nods and like bringing in characters that have only played background roles in live action films before, so I think that's pretty cool. Well, speaking of that sort of thing, like we, I, I thought it was supposed to be Bosk, but I guess it was some other Trandoshan played by Robert Rodriguez, hmm. who directed this episode, and I guess is going to be the primary director throughout the course of the season, which is oh. odd because he's not the person I really would have thought for this show. I don't know, like I didn't really necessarily see. The Robert Rodriguez stuff in this episode, at yeah. least the stuff that I associate with him, maybe someone else would pick out some stuff better than I would on him because I can't exactly say I'm an expert, but I remember watching some of those movies like 15-ish years ago. So yeah, yeah, that's 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 fair. I I will say after all this time, I was really jazzed up that they that they addressed how he got out of this harlock pit. Yeah, and then yeah, that was, was just really the proper cool. amount of detail, right? When in a way that like both made sense and also kind of showed us what was going on, uh-huh. and didn't feel too over the top. Felt believable enough. Yep, I like that. It made sense. It was kind of interesting, like how <clears throat> so I, I they, they actually like put a nice bow on everything that was a question so far of like how the Jawas got his gear. And all that's like all wrapped up really in a quick, in a tight like three minutes. I feel like they didn't waste too much of ep- too much episode runtime on it, but like really, but gave you every all the details that you might have had questions about. Yeah, delivered some snapshots, gave mm-hmm. a little bit of texture to it. Um, there's hardly any dialogue for the first like eight minutes of the episode. I, I thought it was a cool way to structure it with keep flashing back and then coming back into to real time and advance both those storylines. It seems like we'll probably get that if not for the whole season, then for a substantial part of it, right? Because I don't think we're done with that story with him and the Tuscan Raider. No, with, definitely not. Um, that ended up being an interesting story. I wasn't really sure where that was going early on. Yep. Um, the resourcefulness of Boba was cool with, you know, how he gets out of his his things. The fact that he doesn't actually kill the terrible dog thing or the child. Like, yeah. the, the kid makes, like, a like note of the fact that he doesn't kill him, but then still makes use of him as a slave and the whole thing between him and the Rodian and all that stuff was, I thought that was kind of a cool way to show that story. I thought there was enough going on there and it continued to build and build and build in momentum as the episode went along. Yeah. And like, it gives a nice peek into how he wants to rule with respect as he puts it. Right. Like mm-hmm. he's not, he, he wasn't going to kill this kid. He wasn't going to do that. He's just, you know, he's don't be a dick to me. <laughs> and if you are, and you don't know what you if you don't know any better, I'll just slap you on the wrist. Well, it's probably a little bit more than that. It's like don't be a dick to me, respect me, and also like pay me my money. 
Yeah. <laughs> because I don't think he's doing any of it out of the kindness of his heart. Sure. Although, like, weirdly shows, like, empathy, like, to those, the Gamorrean guards or whatever, the yeah. two giant, like, pig people. That was cool. Yeah, totally random. Very surprised by that. Ass. Yeah, it was cool to see them actually in action and not, like, waddling around brandishing an axe. Yeah, I, uh, I played this mobile game. And you could drop them on your base. And they stand next to it and then defend it when people come over to it. And they just hack away at them. It's pretty fun. <laughs> that have some pretty great parkour. I'm always, yeah, I'm, I'm always down for some parkour. I don't think of parkour necessarily when I think of Star Wars, but that was a cool sequence. I thought I was a little skeptical early on, like or just in the sense of I didn't love how they were shooting the scene with the guys with the shields at first. I was like, this is weird and clunky and then when they finally get a little bit more dispersed and mobile like the the rest of the fight scene ended up being really cool but i was like really confused by like the approach of both like the writing and direction as well as like the actual character trying to escape yeah there was something weird i was i i'm in the same boat as you were like watching and i'm like what is going on here because like you're you're supposed i feel like you're supposed to think you actually had said it before you're supposed to think of him like as being resourceful i felt like he was gonna have some really clever way of just dispersing them yeah, or like, you know, okay, like, this isn't going to work, but this might, or, you know, there could even be some type of thing where one of them's like, oh, blank isn't going to work. He's like, yeah, well, thankfully I have this other gadget too. Or right. And he doesn't use the same Thor probably for risk of burning himself and Fennec. Does use the rocket, though, which doesn't make any sense because no. it almost kills all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't even really put the shield guys out of commission, which is confusing because some of them regroup and, like, leave and then... I do love that he blows fight. that one up, though, that's climbing the wall. Sure. And then immediately after that says, alive. Yeah. Not, not this one. This one was mine. But the one you yeah. get, alive. I also like that she has two of them, and she's like, I only need one. And kicks the other one off the roof. I was like, that's she a wasn't, baller move. <laughs> she wasn't wrong. Also, like, he is the boss, right? For whatever reason. I, I did like that they come back with the helmets filled with, yeah. with payment and... Your helmet's shinier than mine. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a great scene. Yeah, I I don't know where it's going. I'm it just building him up, taking over Malsespa, I guess, is, is is where this season will... Or at least what they're showing to be the premise of the season. I, I'm excited to watch more of it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, it... it the 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 little bits of it that are I wasn't totally enamored of are the things that you expect to see out of a pilot, and even though it's an established character, it's being reestablished, and it's not that much of a jump from the Mandalorian, and we kind of already knew that he was going to go back to Tatooine and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. like, we can get through it in its time, and like I I thought it was paced well enough, even for there being a lot of like setup time to it. I I, I found it interesting and 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 and, and like intriguing for even for some of the parts that were slower. Hmm. Do you think the mayor is going to be some sort of big reveal? I mean, it would have to be, right? Why go through all of that for it not? Right, right. Like the rigmarole of like naming him but not showing him. Yeah. I mean, did they say his ex or her? Was it her? I think it was her, actually. It it? might have been. But either way, did they say the character's name? I don't think so. Okay, I couldn't remember if the the Major Domo said the name or not. Um, Obviously, though, whether it be a big deal of like, whether it be a character we know or a big reveal of an actor or actress that we know, it does feel like they're building up to something. Yeah. Also, did you recognize the major domo? No. He, uh, his voice was familiar. I didn't recognize the face having him all dressed up like Twi'lek, obviously. I was going to say I, he looked familiar, but I don't know who he is. 
I looked him up and it's Andrew Meyer, the Selena Meyer's husband in Veep. Oh. Huh. Okay. He's kind of playing the same slimy yeah. character. Um, That's funny. To a certain extent, a slightly lighter character who's not as criminal or whatever. Like in the sense of like like Andrew was always working some oh scheme and this guy's kind it, of caught in a possible situation. Always a scheme. So ridiculous. Didn't he like fake so his own death? Yes, which I, like when it happened, I was like, wow, that's kind of weird for him to die off screen that I put it away and that I didn't even recognize that it was him sneaking around at her funeral. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh my god. <clears throat> um, what were those, <laughs> completely doesn't matter at all, but that, those little water pod things that they were digging up? I, I don't know. That's new to me. No. I just... Like, cause I thought the whole point of, I thought the whole point of the Tatooine moisture farming was that they just, they bought these huge condensers that took the minuscule amount of water out of the air, condensed it into a liquid, and then they sold the liquid. I, I didn't right. think that they dug up whatever those giant seed pod things filled with water. I, I don't know what that is. Never heard of that, but whatever. Yeah. Doesn't really matter. I was just curious. What, what do you think about that that monster that was one part Goro from Mortal Kombat, one part Mataro from Mortal Kombat, <laughs> also one point Sleestack from Land of Land of the Lost? <laughs> uh, great uh, depiction. Uh, it was cool. I, I always love. A, I always love a funky monster, and then also the um, the takedown. Right? Yeah. I'm like just like they. There's your resourcefulness, right? There yeah. is Boba being the character that we all pretend that we love and know, but we don't really know shit about um, doing awesome things. And then, like, so far, check the box. Like, they're, they're doing their best to live up to that, right? Yeah. Like, hey, we'll show you some of the stuff yeah, on he's, why he's such a badass. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll make a map for you. I mean, I'm going to burn the Sarlacc from the inside out. That's one. <laughs> with, with him inside with of it. Me, yeah, I'm in here, too, by the way. That's, that was pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that, like, more either whether they're flashbacks or things going forward. I, I assume they would probably have to. Well, maybe not. I don't know. But more things like that of him, like taking down some big adversary uh, in some like, you know, grand way. Or like unsurmountable odds where it's like, you know, 20 people or something like that. That was a, the only thing I was a little bit concerned about was like, wow, like six people with shields can take down. Yeah. A, one of the greatest bounty hunters, admittedly somewhat aged and <clears throat> out of shape and out of practice. And, like one of the greatest assassins of all time, apparently. I I really liked that they um they didn't do subtitles with the Tuscan Raiders. That you were that they just the story was all, all there without it. I thought that was really cool. I liked that um you the kid is so clearly pretending that he did it, but their like tribe leader like comes over and gives Boba Fett the thing of water. I mean, ultimately, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, I just right? thought, but, but that that play was pretty cool because they're yeah the, the other the other ones are patting the kid on the back. I just think it was awesome the way they played it out. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess yeah. It was just one of those things where like they didn't they didn't have to come out and say it, but it's it should be pretty obvious, right? Yeah. Were you getting a uh, quiet place vibes? Did you think that you were missing subtitles? No, because. We've never been able to understand the Tuscan Raiders, and it's fine <laughs> because occasionally he would speak back to them in English. So yeah, just enough, just enough to nibble on. <laughs> but any any ideas where this could go? Um, 
No, I mean, ultimately, it's going to have to probably lead into something in some way, probably, whether it be a character reveal or reintroduction or whatever. I'm not sure. Um, What did you think about Matt Berry's droid? Oh, was that the droid that was like that was there in the in the Jabba's palace? Yeah, I guess so. It was the one that was like talking to him when he's like dealing with the Gamorrean guards. Right. He had a really silly line, but I don't remember what it was. Shit, yeah, I'm not sure what it was either. I just know I was like, oh, wait a minute, I know that voice. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I guess it makes sense, right? Because Taika Waititi played the assassin droid last week. Oh, last season, uh, not last season, in, in The Mandalorian. You had the Mark Hamill connection from uh, Jackie Daytona, human bartender. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I mean, that that is pretty cool. Let's draw, draw all those lines. I, there's, I want the crossover event. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> that? Uh, <laughs> if you did that, I mean, <laughs> create that. <laughs> uh, man. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really interested to see where they, where, like, where it's going to go. Like, as of right now, there's really not much to go on except for, you know, I'm taking this land. I'm taking the criminal organization of this area. Um, and uh, clearly there's some there's going to be some friction and that friction sounds like it's coming from the core politics like the actual mayor the actual like whatever's ruling the the area and he's going to have to um suppress that so that'll be fun to watch and see how it plays out yeah how about the balls in that situation like oh no no you're going to pay us tribute and it's like wow <laughs> <laughs> that, that little sidebar of like what the fuck is going on <laughs> <laughs> that was silly but uh, yeah, so I guess you'll. I'm. It, it may be. I feel like at some point or another, we're probably going to end up an episode behind, um, just because by the nature of the fact that we normally record on Wednesdays. If is it coming out on Wednesdays? I'm not sure. Actually, I meant to check that. I'm going to look right now because I know for I forget about the second season of Mandalorian. But I know the first season they did like that episode on like whatever it was Tuesday or Wednesday, and then another one on that Friday. On, like, Friday. And then they kept going on Fridays from then. Yeah. Oh, the next next episode's January 5th. So that's what, next Wednesday then, right? I think so. Next Thursday? I don't know, dates. Please hold. No, it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Oh, all right. So I guess it's a Wednesday night jam. Yeah. Or Wednesday jam. Uh, yeah, because by the, the fact that we record this show on a Wednesday, we might. I feel like we're going to probably end up a week behind on these Boba Fett featurettes. What did you call yeah. it? Boba. The Boba's feature fet. Boba's feature fet. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll do our best. We'll do our best. Al, do you have anything else to add before we close out? No, I'm all good. Well, all right then. I don't have anything clever to end this on. Some okay. insert, insert Star Wars sound effect. Tusken Raider chant thing. <laughs> that was pretty good. That wasn't bad. <laughs> I like it. <laughs>